Let me just add, like, Trippy looked like a hippie in high school. Like, I'm talking, like, the afro, the hoop earrings, like. Oh, shit. He had the whole hippie aesthetic, so, you know. Oh, shit. Hawaiian shirts, all of it, bro. (laughs) I was going to say, do you have a dashiki, too? What is that? Any dashikis? This is like the African garb, you know? Like, you see a lot of people wearing it now after Black Panther came out. You know? I thought about it, but I never took action upon it. You know? <laughs> but it was it was in the radar. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that definitely. So did all of y'all know each other in high school? Oh yes. yeah, man. We've been like Damn. brothers since like ninth grade or some shit. Damn. Yeah, man. We're so happy that you downloaded. Yo, 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 what's going on, world? How we doing and shit? Welcome to Steezy's Trap House. This is your boy, Steezy. It is show number 203. Nice. Yes. I thought I was going I was going to a four, but whatever. No, no, no. I, I haven't been paying attention to my <laughs> Mixler level. I got to 200 and that was it. Yeah, I, I signed know. off. After yeah, that. I mean, you made moves out quickly, my friend, and it's okay. I understand how these things happen. You know, sometimes... You hit it while it's hot, and then you got to make moves. You know, you just really no, got. Frank just said, "Hey, get on real quick," and then he's like, "All right, get up." Yeah, he, he did kind of take over. That is for That's sure. Fine. I he, love Frank. Yeah, I mean, and you honestly, you were chilling during that. No, World I was Cup rather, I was much rather watch the World Cup. Yeah, you were chilling in your flip flops, you know, coasting, all that good nonsense. This is your boy Steezy. It is show number two hundred and three. Yes, yes, indeed. Over here to my left, we got B-Rock. Hello. Corndog is not here today because she is in Connecticut. She is not with us. She's doing big, important, big girl things up there with uh, Grant. (laughs) Is that drugs? Is that mean drugs? Nah, she's doing all her grant writing stuff and whatnot. Uh, Okay. AKA drugs, yes. (laughs) Drugs with nonprofits up there. Grant writing. Indeed. I do a lot of that, too. Over here to my right, first time in the trap house. I'm glad this man has come to visit with us today. We've got a uh, what I would consider potentially a creative staple in Central Florida. You know, we've got like a, a, a potential creative staple. Potential, potential. You know, you're getting it's like yo. You got you have potential. You could do it. You're getting there. You know. We, we hope that you <laughs> apply yourself. Like that. Uh, we've got musician, visual artist, and creator of big ideas all around. We've got the man Skip in the house. Hello, everybody. My name is Skip, uh, Franchise Industries, B-Side Artist, Second Subject Recordings, and I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes, yes. You can get even closer to that microphone. You okay, talk. I'll just go like this. That's beautiful. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out that uh, all your social medias and stuff, whatnot, how these people can find you, uh, art, music, everything along those lines. Uh, sure. Insta- uh, pretty much everything is C-Skip, S-E-E-S-K-I-P, that's Instagram, Facebook, all that. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I mean, I really do most of my stuff on, on Instagram and, and, uh, you know, posting videos and stuff. I do film, I do visual arts, I do, you know, music and, uh, bringing them all together. Yes, indeed. 
Uh, us, you can find the podcast. Download, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, those services. You can find us. Give us a five-star review while you're there, too, because we like that a lot. Uh, Amazon.com, you can support the show. If you use our link, just put it in your browser, bookmark it in your browser if you really want to help support the show, because it doesn't cost you anything. Anytime you buy something from Amazon, they kick us a little money back. No extra charges on you. You can buy a t-shirt from our represent store if you find that wherever it is because I've lost it out in the ether of the internet somewhere. It's, You'll find it. It's there. People telling me they've bought shirts, but I just, I honestly just don't check it. I just don't care. And social media, you can find us. Instagram, at STH Show. Twitter, at Steezy Trap House. Facebook, like our Facebook page. And join the Facebook group called STH Show. Send us an email at steezystraphouse at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us to answer on air, or if you'd like some free stickers, I will send them to you in the mail for free. Just send me your address, steezystraphouse at gmail.com. Boom. Plugs Man, done. y'all got the plugs down. USPS. Hard. I used to have to, to look at my phone, you know, and then one day it miraculously was deleted from my phone, and that was the day that I became a big boy. I put my big boy pants on. How much of your plugs is like kind of scripted? Pretty much well, it's, all of it. It's pretty much all scripted. <laughs> yeah. yeah you the, got that repetition. Yeah. It probably like near you know, you said over two hundred episodes. So you've yep. probably probably gone through it more than once. This is the two hundred and third time. That's awesome. Now. So it's uh I guess it is, yeah. Like I, at first I was so daunted when I first realized that it was deleted off my phone because I was so used to just being able to just kill it, you know? Like uh like an MC in the booth who didn't remember his rhymes and I was just like, All right, cool, I got this covered and then that day came when it got deleted and Everything changed. Everything yeah, changed. And then he decided he didn't give a shit enough to yeah. write another one. So. Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, well, there's one of two things. Either write it all over again or I just do it from yeah. from the heart, yo. When I started doing uh, my TV show that I'm developing, Skip's Big Ideas, um, it wasn't my first time on camera, but it definitely was my first time on camera uh, with a narration or a kind of a story attached right, to it, that right? You're reading or something, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and at first it was I would kind of read, write the script, and then I would try to kind of memorize it or get at least the idea of it, and yeah. then I would, you know, straight to camera, kind of like because my TV show is kind of like an HGTV reality nice. TV style show. Uh, where I build like giant art installations. You follow the process of me building the installation. I kind of incorporate different other uh, artists to kind of help me and highlight what they do, different organizations. I team up in each episode with the local organization. And so at the very end of it, this giant installation or whatever it is that I've done, um, is like presented the to the public the and end up at the the, yeah. the event at the end of the episode and everyone what? gets to play with it and everything that like is that. It's all cool. Yeah, I, I but told... it's like a story and you have to get from point A to point B yeah. and just trying to be like, okay, so we, we're here with this person, blah, 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 and then try to do it to camera real quick and then you like, you miss this or you flub this and you're like, oh, fuck, all right, try it yeah. again. But uh, what we ended up doing was getting this little teleprompter that you can use your phone and then it's like way easier like huh. to be able to like have the script, like read the it, script, it's scrolling on a, down on a your phone. angled screen. No, and it's a, it's on a it's a it's a reflector that yeah. goes over your lens, the camera lens. What? Just like a normal teleprompter, it's yeah. a glass at an angle, and so you put your phone underneath it and it hooks it, and you program your phone what? for your script, and then it just it goes across yeah. the screen, and you know you don't see it with the what? camera or anything like that. Jeez, it's super man. nifty. That is good. 
It's There's like, gonna be porn on that in like a year. <laughs> it, <laughs> this is just it's, that's crazy I for me. Distracting. That's crazy for me to hear because you know I'm in this podcast world of the whole. You know, it's definitely very do-it-yourself. This whole thing because things are you know the uh, technology is so easily accessible to the common man now. I didn't even think that like that would be a thing. That was like blowing my mind. Yeah, it's pretty well, cheap too. It's made by a company called Parrot, and uh, you can have it like with a remote control, right? So you could be a few feet away and you could be like scrolling it with what? your Damn. control. It's very cool. That is cool, and it works with your iPhone, you know. Damn. So it's how, very convenient. Uh, how long are the episodes? The episodes are going to be twenty three minutes long. It's yeah, just so a you full length put in a whole commercials bunch or whatever. Of info quick. It's a lot, man. <laughs> it is really it's really daunting, and I do almost everything uh, by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, like I it's, I develop the show myself. Um, I do the video editing. I write all the scripts. Like I write all. I do all the sponsorship proposals and everything. I narrate. I build the installations. Damn. I come up with all of the art and everything like that. I coordinate all of the events. Um, or like the uh, teaming up and all yeah. that kind of stuff like that or whatever. Be here and, then. Yeah, and like it's it's a lot. I mean, it's just like it was something that I kind of had the idea for. I was actually working with a local production company um, to to develop the idea, and then halfway through our first episode, uh, they were like, "Hey, yeah, so uh, we're not gonna do this anymore." And I was like, no, it was actually like we were shooting the first two episodes at the same time. So like they actually had involvement on both of them. And it was a huge amount of work. Huge, huge, huge amount of work on I my was, part. I was watching the first episode and it looked like there was a huge amount of work. Well, there's actually a shift in the first episode. There's a, so there's a pilot episode up of Skip's Big Ideas is the name of the show. And there's a pilot episode up right now on YouTube that everyone could go watch. And uh, it's 12 minutes long. And it's actually mostly shot on my iPhone because we were working on both of the first two episodes and building these giant ass installations and stuff like huge amount of expense of of energy, time, money, like all of that. And then they decided, hey, like we're not going to finish these episodes, you know, but we'll give you the footage and good luck kind of a thing, you know. Um Dude, that's got to be a fucking bummer, like, right in the middle of it. It is, because, like, so much had gone into it already, and especially, I mean, I, I'm not shit when it comes to, like, fame, but I have a certain amount of hours invested into the community, and there's a certain amount of people who have been around for those hours, right? So they kind of are familiar with what it is that I'm doing and things, and when I say, hey, I'm doing this, you know, and we had already received sponsors at that point, we had gotten a grant, um... You know, we had gotten like a Patreon money. We had taken funds from people yeah. to make this happen. Fuck. And locally too. Yeah, locally, yeah. you know. And um it was gonna end up being egg on my face. And so I had a choice in that situation. Uh, and I don't mind talking about this kind of stuff because for me, like I think this is something that could be applicable to people who right. are trying to do things in their own life. It's like it was a it was two choices. It was either like, Okay, I take this L and I start with sending the apology letters because I don't got the money anymore. Right. It's been yeah. sent on, it's been spent on lights and right. reflectors and yep. cables and like lenses and all kind of shit like that. And uh, so I start writing apology letters or, you know, I start learning about how to film a show, you Damn. know, like, so I got a copy of Final Cut Pro and mind you, like I didn't, other than like the fact that I wanted to be in a TV show, like I didn't know anything about right. film, what that uh-huh. right or what that yeah. meant, you know. 
or how lighting or any other aspects of it or whatever. I was still trying to figure out still just the TV show part, the writing script part. You know what I'm saying? Like the the technical shit. Jesus, yeah. man. This literally everything that is involved with the making of this shit is basically thrown into your lap all at once. Yes. Well, when you just said, like, uh, we'll give you the footage and good luck or whatever. Like, so, I mean, I guess that's something that they gave you the f- old footage. It of is. The I kind of feel like shot, that, that is true. I kind of feel like. I kind of feel it was unedited though. Like you it, had no, it's to completely edit all unedited. That. Yeah, no, yeah. just all raw files. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, cool. Thanks. And that buddy. was good because I, yeah, regardless, I paid, I paid, I paid. It was right. my fucking shit. He was going right. to give it to me regardless. Yeah. I'll just right. be real about that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but he, he didn't make it come to that point, which was great. Right. And then you know? he's dipped out and they're like, all but right. But the way he said good luck was not good luck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he was basically, I was almost I like a dare, asshole. like, let's see if you can do this. Jesus, man. So, um, so it was like, yeah, it was like that choice. So I made the choice. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on this, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I got a copy of Final Cut Pro from a friend, just started learning and teaching myself. And uh, I started taking, you know, looking at the footage or whatever and like trying to spot the holes. Like, you know, all right, well, this is not a story. You know, like this is just a bunch of clips right. of me working on stuff. Culminating yeah. together as one thing. So then it was, okay, well, how can we, you know, this and blah, blah, blah. And I went and bought, uh, I upgraded my iPhone to, what was that, the 7 Plus, which has a really nice, you can shoot 4K with That's it. That's what I got. Nice, the screen's a little cracked. But <laughs> yeah, yours Super nice phone. <laughs> yours has seen better years, B-Roll. Yes. And then uh, just went out and like, didn't take excuses, you know, like yeah. just fucking made it happen and, you know, shot all the stuff and the extra B-roll and then redid that and then tried to get this better. And man, I was just like, I was falling on my face daily, right? Which is important because it was oh, like, yeah. I was learning months and years worth of mistakes, like in the moment, you know what yep. I'm saying? Like that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do I have to do to make that work? Most you know, definitely. like, how do you do this and this? How do you make it look like this? Blah, 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 blah. And it was like films. I was like, like a like a self taught film school, nice. like. And obviously, like I don't, I, you know, please do not give me the Predator movie and ask me to edit <laughs> it because that's not where I'm at. But I can oh, shoot I my TV Predator. show. Yeah, you know, I like I can edit my TV show. Exactly. You know I'm saying I know what that looks like. You know, I don't know what that should be edited as. That helps too because you know you're you're working on this. You know, working to learn all this shit. And you want to do it for your own shit, too. So you have complete creative control of everything that you're doing, of the editing and everything. So it, I mean, it's got to feel that much better, too. especially it's after intimacy like, because you learn yes. it. You learn every aspect of how to do this. Oh, yeah. And, but also at the same time, like if you're doing it correctly. Exactly. But if you're doing it correctly, you're also kind of learning other people's jobs, too. Oh, yeah. Most you definitely. Know, like, so all it, the jobs. But it's yeah. kind of like that with any kind of person who like owns their own business is yeah. you do all of the jobs, right? Yep. But when you start hiring on people, you know exactly what you fucking need from that person. Oh, yeah. Be like, you need to do this, 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 right. this, and this. But like when you're kind of teaching yourself all of that and then you end up around people who kind of do it for real, like you end up on a set, right? And then you're like, oh, man, that guy's job is just to do that, 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 and that. <laughs> he's the key grip. He's the key he grip. He holds like, it. He's That's just, like, it. doing all of the <laughs> shit that I was just doing already, you know, right. like, as the guy who just, you know, you're doing everything. So you're setting up your own shit and your tripods and you're running cables and you're setting up lights. And then you have to sit down and you have to do the, the, you have to do the narration and not be out of breath, not be red, not be sweaty, <laughs> not be any of that. 
Dude, I can relate to that shit so much with this podcast because, I mean, that's exactly the same situation with this thing, you know? Like, I built all of this myself, like, did everything, got all the equipment, I do all the editing, everything myself, and just like you were saying... B-Rock does nothing, he B-Rock walks in, Yeah, he does nothing. leaves. You bring alcohol <laughs> sometimes, which is nice. Man, not that, today. That's good, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I'm not even drinking today. You got off lucky, that's why. Otherwise, I would have uh, I would have shot you a message before. But it's oh, like... God. Do you it's guys the, have like designated designated drivers on the air? Like uh, one person's allowed to drink and the other person's no, not. No, usually it's, pretty it's willy-nilly. usually it's pretty <laughs> much just a shit show. But um, I've got a couple. I got a couple busy ass days because I'm flying to New York on Friday morning, so I like right. have to. I got to pack and then. I do- would I would try to learn this stuff. I'm like, hey, so what are you doing over there? He's like, you do this and this and this, and I'm like, all <laughs> right, very good. <laughs> okay, uh, that went over my you head. No, I'm not gonna like. He's not gonna send the file to me and do it there, but. but the, that's what my job was, honestly. When I first started my job that I'm in now, is uh, it was fucking like two years of uh, fucking up. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? It was just like the culmination yeah. of like, I suck at this, I suck at this, I suck at this. Uh, uh, I don't know if I could keep doing this, if I should do this, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And now, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, I still feel like that. Like, but, we, you know, I, like we were just <laughs> telling you right before we started the show, I'm having issues with this microphone and shit going on. You know, like you get to like... You get to a position, like certain positions when you're doing something in life where you feel comfortable. You're like, you know what? I got this shit down. I've been doing this for 200 episodes, you know. I got this shit. And then life is like, no, you don't. You need to back off and humble yourself a little bit there, buddy. Well, I mean, there's definitely definitely a give and take. But there's nothing more substantial than proving something to yourself. Yes. You know, like, and if you're being... And I think it's rare. I mean, at least from my ex- current experiences, like I think it's real people being ob- objective enough with what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong in a situation. Like they either tend to, to, to go into extremes of like they feel that everything they fucking do is like the the best and they have nothing to change and nothing yep. to improve on or whatever. Or they're kind of like just hate everything about what they do and or what they're you know trying to create yep. and they end up like stop doing it or well they really can't bitter. create anything. It's just like, I was there for a long time, fucking uh, corporate job. Like it sucks, dick. I'm miserable. You know what I mean? Like it just happens. It's like with with things like this, like with these creative things, you you definitely like you're saying. You know, you have to learn how to one love your shit. And then two, be able to poke all of the holes in your own shit so then you can make it what you need it to be. Yeah. And as you learn really quickly, the difference between uh, happiness and satisfaction. Yes. You know, like, like, fuck happiness. You know, like, happiness sucks. The world's a fucked up place. You know what I mean? It sucks. Like you're saying, might as well just go home tired. (laughs) (laughs) There's a button on there. I agree with you. He's just he's just clicking the button on the pen yeah, to write something on the on an envelope. People at home, it's a silver silver button right there. Yep, you just keep on holding, and then it writes very well. <laughs> but uh, it writes very well. No, I agree with that one hundred percent of the happiness thing. It's like there is a lot of people. I drive through Baldwin Park a lot, 
and there's a yeah, whole bunch of people of just they need a BMW and there's uh, the workout clothes or whatever. You can tell these people are, are miserable as fuck. Yeah. Like I'm just driving by them and I can tell they're miserable as hell. You know what I'm saying? They're like trophy family. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, well, we live in Baldwin Park. And they're, I not drive quite, an X5 they're not quite. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're not quite rich enough to have like trophy wives or trophy yeah. husbands, but they are each other's like trophy families. Yes. Did you just say you were in Baldwin? Near Baldwin, I'm Near over Baldwin. in Audubon. Word. So, like, we're literally, like, we're over by General Reese, so you can yeah. kind of, like, gotcha. look across the street over General you Reese, and you can see the difference between where you're living and where they're living. Gotcha. It's interesting. It's almost slightly dystopian, but not really, I feel because bad. Baldwin Park's really not that nice, and Baldwin Park's really not, not really that bad, it's you know? It's really not that nice. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I want my house four feet from the other guy's house. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Audubon, too, because I was literally just over there like an hour ago picking up a watch from Freehand. Nice. Shouts out to Freehand. Where's Freehand at? It's in the East End Market. Oh, cool. I'll go in there a lot. It's like the leather goods place there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place is dope. Seth is a, Seth's the man. Yeah, shout out, dope. I shout met out him to a Seth. couple times. Yes, good shit. Now, we didn't, we just, we we blazed on through. Where are you from originally? Are you from Orlando originally? I uh, know. Um, I've been around... Uh, um, down in Miami was where I was born, uh, Hollywood, Florida, and uh, lived around there for, for a minute. And then my dad actually uh, became a pastor. Word. Right? A minister, whatever, you know, uh, whatever different people call it. So we had to move out to Texas. Was that the breathalyzer? Okay. I was like, what was that noise? <laughs> we had uh, to move out to outside Fort Worth, Texas for him to go to seminary as a pastor school, right? Okay. And we were out there for four, four and a half years. And then went back down to Miami uh, over in Opelika, Hialeah. That's where I went to, like, you know, middle school and gotcha. the first part of high school and stuff. And then we moved up here out to St. Cloud. Word. Over by Kissimmee or whatever. That's where I went to the rest of high school. How was, so, how was like, SoFlo life growing up? Just because I'm from North Florida and I know nothing about, like, the SoFlo experience. Well, you know, I, all right. For, so, for the most part, I was pretty young. I was where probably... From 8 to 12, I was over in Texas. Everything before 8, I don't really remember much. Fair enough. Um, and then, uh, you know, after that, for that time in Miami, like, I lived in Opelika, Hialeah. I did not... I think there's two different lifestyles down in so- Southern Florida, right? One is the people who live there, and then the other one is Trick the people daddy. who... <laughs> the people who live there and the people who visit. You know what I'm saying? True like, that, yeah. right. people who visit, they don't go inside the Miami. Snowbirds. They go outside Miami, yeah. and they're yep. at South Beach and in Wynwood yep. and doing that kind of shit, right? Which is cool. That's that's the same exact thing that I, you know, do. I don't go to fucking Hialeah, Opelika yeah, when, no. when I go to Miami. You know what I'm saying? But that's where we lived. Opelika. Hylia is a place to be if you want to get jacked by a refugee. Back in the <laughs> days of PC. That's a pretty PC song, but everyone in Hialeah knows that song. Oh, I love um, shit. But uh, but yeah, so I mean that that experience, you know, we Hialeah was the slum right next to Opalaka, which was the ghetto. My grandma lived in Opalaka. We lived with her for a few years over there. Like it's it's uh You've seen shit in your day. It's 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 not an easy lifestyle. Like at all, especially like, man, my parents did fuck hole for like preparing me for the world. (laughs) (laughs) That's every parent. (laughs) I was growing up. All right. So I was homeschooled all the way up until my first Uh, year in high school. I was very sheltered. sheltered. Absolutely. Extremely religious. Basically, like 
fundamentalist Christians without the the God hates fag sign. Okay, you know word. Well, that's so, good. I mean, you got that. But no, they felt that way. Oh, but at the same time, they just insane. they weren't like as crafty. You know, they weren't yeah. into crafts and making signs so, and shit. Are we know? talking like, like like Southern Baptist, Pentecostal? Southern Baptist. Okay, yeah. word. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, they don't. Mm. Yeah. Don't fuck they around. Don't no. And I was fuck around. and I was the preacher's kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. and. You know, I wish part of my part of my story, part of my biography was that I was like the black sheep and I was just like, fuck all of this and like this ain't me and all that. But that's not accurate at all. Like I was the most zealous, most Bible thumping. Like I was going out like when I, you know, I was going out and handing out tracks and witnessing to people. You know, Damn. even when I was in middle school and high school, that's what I was doing on my weekends. I was wearing the Christian T-shirts. I knew the Bible better than anybody. Like, for me, I was like, yo, let's fucking do this. Like, this is dope. You I know, like, that. let's be Christian. God is the you know, shit. Like, God is you're, awesome. <laughs> exactly. Right? That is yes. what it is that I was. So the same fucking passion that I get in with art or music or whatever, I was like that, but with God. Word. And everyone was like, yo, calm down. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm it's like, not yo, real. Just relax, buddy. <laughs> why are y'all, I was like, yo, why are y'all like professing to be something, but you're not fired up. Yep. Like, you guys are boring. You know, like, <laughs> Y'all ain't lit for God right yeah, you're now. You're not fucking lit for God right now. I want to like burn down an abortion center right now, motherfuckers. And like, uh, nah, nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, when I hit, but when I hit puberty, shit got weird. And well, and you started thinking for yourself. As it, as it does uh, for maybe. most of us. Yeah, I mean, there was there was questions that were being asked at that point and things that weren't making sense. And uh, I really started kind of pulling away. But it was. Uh, yeah, it was hard, man. Like, it was something that I had a lot of guilt about afterwards. You know, mm -hmm. like, a lot of residual bullshit. Me and my family do not talk about talk anymore, like, at all. Oh, it's like fuck, some, Because man. of that? Yeah. Or, oh, man, that sucks. Well, I mean, man. my well, dad... that's bullshit. It, it was something that, like, I tried to... Excuse me. I tried to, like, maintain connection with them, but... Right. But I had an experience when I was in college. I was, uh... I'm jumping all over the place. No, no, you're still on the By all means, thing. yeah. Good. When I was in college, I had uh, this classroom experience that completely changed my life and just had me on a road of uh, starting to ask questions. What happened in the, in the class? Oh, so, like I said, so homeschooled, right? Uh -huh. My parents did not let me watch, like, rated R movies. They didn't let me listen to, you know, popular music or the radio or, like, anything. Damn. Like, other any kids, pop culture that any yeah. like nostalgia or anything. It was like yeah. I would only like like want to watch like G PG maybe PG thirteen movies you know stuff like that or whatever they you screened everything or whatever history. you know and uh, so you know all of my friends they had like Playboys and penthouses underneath their mattresses I was hiding like Alanis Morissette CDs underneath my bed <laughs> oh jagged little hide. pill that's awful <laughs> yeah, that sucks man I'm sorry I feel you there I'm sorry a... to hide that listen, <laughs> listen I, you I don't want I'm not gonna take it personally but that is a great pop album you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> I listen to all styles of music and, and jagged little pill is an amazing pop no, album no it's great I'm just yeah, saying good. that's what you had to hide don't though. make me fight about Alanis right now okay hey I had to hide I had to hide <laughs> let's my, not uh, do this right now I had to hide my 98 degrees Christmas sampler oh, as a kid oh, yes yeah, so you know there's a lot of street credit as a third grader for me whoa but uh <laughs> but yes yeah, so, and i mean I, I so what i was doing was i was sneaking the music and it gave it you know much more of a personal importance because for me like i was experiencing new music on the radio for one everything that i was experiencing from music was from the radio right, right. 
So as much as like now, like I might even shit on the, you know, on the radio in general, like I want to be who I was if it wasn't for uh, the radio. And we're going to come back to that college story real quick. Yes. But um, I started like sneaking like radio. I had like this little like single speaker, like kind of transistor, whatever. And when my parents would go to bed, I would turn it on. This was like when I was like 11, 12. Right. I turn, I'd turn it like on real light. Like like this is like some like fifties fifties mo- movie black and white movie or Dude, something I, like that almost. I you know, know this life too like. And I'd be listening to it, and it's funny because like, the the two things that really got me into popular music was um like smooth jazz, and fucking uh early nineties house music. Oh, I what? love that's what I love. Yeah, I know. And like, it was we're, like we're big, we're big house nerds here. So uh, I love early nineties house music. We just like, I mean, we just really enjoy all electronic music, you yeah, know. Like, much, but, but house the, break beats. The end of nineties break beats house music was the shit. fire. <laughs> and then that like nineties <laughs> dance, like Labouche and like yeah, uh, yeah buddy. Oh man. Hey, if you hear my yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Damn, so you almost like you almost got like jumped in like full on like well, yeah, and it was like zero and jazz, to sixty, though. but like I still had no filter for what was like garbage and what was it was just all new and yeah. it was all so like what are but, these noises? You're experiencing so much at once. And yeah. the interesting thing is, is like through from that point, I just wanted to learn everything and and absorb and digest music on a on a huge scale, right? Yeah. Um, but also with that was kind of also going back in time and hearing like Led yeah. Zeppelin for the first time. I didn't hear uh, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club until I was 22. Oh, man. You know, I probably heard it too, though. You know, there's a lot of like there's a lot them. of like people that I know that kind of almost like take for granted the fact of like, oh, I used to listen to this Sam Cooke record with my dad, you know, right, back in the right. day or whatever. Like yep. I used to listen to this with my family or whatever. It's like, nope. No. I was listening to like Christian music and gospel music and choir music and stuff. That's it. You That's know? crazy. Like Stephen Curtis Chapman, Michael Card, like uh, Amy Grant, like all of those cats. Like that's that's DC talk. You know what I'm saying? That's like Jeez, man. That's Amy what Grant I was listening was all to. Right though, <laughs> and it was, you know she had some pop stuff out there. Okay. She, did <laughs> she did her thing. They all did her thing. They all did their thing. But um, but yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, even even to this day, same thing with movies. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like. Of constantly re experiencing things for the first time, and for me, you know, like the first time hearing uh, uh, Pink Floyd's "Animals" or like uh, or something maybe even let's let me like a little deep, like but Dark like, Side of the Moon, yeah, or like something yeah. a little bit more iconic, whatever, like and be like, oh my god, have you guys heard this record? And yeah. everyone's like, yo, like we've all heard that. They record. Do a laser you know, like, light show I, of it. <clears throat> like they're already yeah. tired of it, and for me, it was like. I just had my mind blown can, all over I, again. I right? definitely relate there with you and Pink Floyd because I didn't, I wasn't what nineteen or twenty until I heard Pink Floyd for the first time, and it was live at Pompeii, yeah. and I was on mushrooms watching it, and whoo, buddy, the whole world just opened yeah. up, and I was telling everybody, I was like, "Did you know about this?" And everybody's like, "Yeah, dude, that's it's from '81. It's been a thing <laughs> for a while now." But uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean like. That was like all the way up in the middle school, and I was super into grunge rock, and uh, had come across. And obviously, I went to like an all black and Hispanic high school. I mean, this like yeah, this not uh, middle school. I mean, it was junior high down there, um, and uh, it was highly a middle. And uh, you know, like out of thirteen hundred kids in this school, I was one of fifteen white kids. Right, there was more like 
Polynesian slash Russian slash Chinese, like like the yeah. the slashes spectrum. and stuff like that. Yeah, the spectrum people. The Russian guys. There's more of like the people who are like six different nationalities and there were white people, right? Um, I've definitely heard that a lot from you know like those Hialeah areas. Definitely, like usually the, the white block. the white people are the minority yeah. in that area. Yeah, it was about sixty percent uh, Hispanic, forty percent black, and then the black and Hispanic kids they did not like each other, and then the Hispanic and Hispanic kids didn't like each other either. Oh. Uh, it was a very gang school, like Latin Kings and stuff would do like Shit, a lot of dude. recruitment there and stuff. Uh, a lot of the fourteen year old girls were there were pregnant and dropping out, like. It was one of those type of schools. Same thing in Claremont. <coughs> <Same> yeah. <laughs> Same shit. And uh, it's interesting because, like, being around and, like, being uh, during that time that was, like, 94, 95, 96, and the, the kind of exposure through, like, MTV and watching those, uh, you know, uh, listening to the radio and stuff. Um, but, like, the first thing that really stuck in my crawl in regards to hip-hop was the Fugees. Word. The score. Yeah, that really stuck in my crawl too. It's good, but eh. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I I got that album right. And what I do to get music, you know, for for anyone out there who might be younger audience trying to like make this happen, this is what I would do: is I would get like lunch money from my mom, and then I would save the lunch money oh, yeah. and just not eat lunch. Yeah. Right? Um, that's how I bought skip weed the in meal. high school. <laughs> yeah, skip the meal. <laughs> yeah, that's how I bought weed. Save that up, and then when my parents would be at work, um, I would drive my bike to the Blockbuster Video. This is back in the day, A, when there were Blockbuster Videos, and yeah. B, when Blockbuster Videos sold CDs, right? Yeah, Two different that, time periods. Yeah, that is crazy, too. And uh, so, I would ride, so I would ride my bike to the Blockbuster a few miles down the road, and then... I would stand out in front of the blockbuster and as older people were walking in, I would ask if I could give them money to buy a CD for me that had the parental advisory stickers because they were in the early mid 90s or whatever. They were real hard on enforcing yeah, they want to give you the to parental. No. You couldn't buy a, right. a, 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 a parental advisory sticker CD if you were under 18 without a parental yep. you know, guidance. Whatever. I asked my uh, <clears throat> dad and uh, stepmom for uh, Dr. Dre's Chronic 2001. <laughs> I was uh, underage still and they said we will not buy that CD for you. I, said, I, had, I had a lot of CD and I went bought it myself <laughs> I had a lot of CD buying from Walmart because my parents knew that they had all the edited shit there <laughs> yeah but there was so. actually loopholes with the Walmart shit is if it wasn't if the CD had vulgar language but it didn't have a sticker on it like yeah. I, I bought uh, Offspring XNA on the Ombre on there <laughs> and that's not a uh, that's not a parental advisory but they say fuck all throughout that CD, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh my god, I got I got one over. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, with a white rock there, band, it's they're okay. Is, they're <laughs> assuming it's from Walmart, and they're like, oh yeah, it's edited, it's mm -hmm. good. So Fine. this uh, so this Fuji CD, like I really fell in love with this Fuji CD, and I memorized all the lyrics. Was that like the first hip hop you'd heard? I, thinking back, and I've thought about this. I don't know. I, it probably wasn't the first hip hop I'd heard. But that was the first but thing that, that really stuck. That was the stuck. first thing that I like really yeah. stuck with me and that I was like really Grabbed engaged you. with, yeah. right? Yes. And so, because uh, I loved, I loved the music that was in the background. I loved this like reverence. Like I could, I could like hear how other things were being brought together to kind of like to, to make it happen, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of God Whereas, undertones you know, I, I, in there I, I too, could, right? I could tell you absolutely yeah. that I had heard Sugar Hill Gang. Or uh, uh, that I'd absolutely probably uh, heard like the Run DMC Aerosmith shit by that yeah. point. 
You know what I'm saying? But this was the but this was the first like hip hop yes shit that really connected with soul. Memorized the whole CD, and I cannot tell you how many fucking ass whoopings I escaped from knowing the lyrics to the Fugees. So I was this little grunge rock kid listening to Nirvana and Soundgarden and, and all that. Uh-huh. And one of the one of the one of the black kids had found that I knew, you know, this white boy knows how to fucking rap, you know, knows this do the so they would bring me around and I was the token white kid that they would bring around all their their friends be like, "Yo, do that Lauren Hill verse." Like, do that do that and I would perform the Fuji's lyrics, raps to these cats. Right. Survival. And they were like, hey, you're <laughs> you're cool with us. You know what I'm saying? Like so all of the the Spanish kids that were like pushing me down the stairs and in the lockers and in the garbage cans and Damn. taking my shit and robbing me and like so that was all happening that kind of shit. Uh, for yeah. a good bit. Don't that do it. He's he's a rapper now. It's OK. They were they had my back. So like Damn. I was able to escape getting beat up because I knew rap lyrics. And that was the first instance in which I realized like. The po like the the how in hip hop knowledge and education of your culture can actually change what might happen and empower uh, what might happen on your daily and empower you for something better. Definitely right, and that was like the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned, and it was it was very literal. It was very physical. It was like. By knowing these lyrics, by knowing these words, by showing enthusiasm towards this culture, like you can actually not have a black eye or, you know, have your shit stolen or whatever. So that was, you know what that I'm was happening. Power. That was happening pretty commonly before that. Yeah. Or? I mean, it's just part of the culture. Like you're I think down there you're either uh, you're either your predator, your prey, you're a target or Fair you're enough. the con man. You know what I'm saying? And it's like and it's not even malicious. It's like. What it is that I learned from from growing up in Miami is that if you go down a certain street that you know that you shouldn't be going down at a certain time of day and you got a fucking chain that's hanging out of your shirt and really nice shoes, you deserve to have your shit took. Yeah, that's true. That's just fucking real. Yeah, that's, that's you know just stupidity like, on that part. And I am absolutely not of, you know, like not to fucking trigger anybody, but I am not of the snowflake generation where, like, I automatically assume that, you know, everything is fucking daisies. It's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up in a place that's not fucking daisies. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, for me, I know how to, because of all of that, it was boot camp for watching your back, for constantly 360 knowing what's going on around you, being able to see a fight before it starts, you know what I'm saying? Being able to notice that you're in a dangerous area or a dangerous situation. Got to have your head on a swivel. Happens, you know? Street smarts. It's street smarts. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody gets that anymore. It's no, uh, definitely hashtag not. Trigger. Because you can't just <laughs> teach, you can't just learn that in no. a book. You got to nope. be scared a few yeah. times. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You have to. Ha- you have to have your shit. Because if you know it, like if you're fucking, and, and most Def says that in the um, on the Black and Both Sides album where he's like. If you're going, I don't remember how he said it. You know, I'm here talking about memorizing fucking hip hop lyrics. And I don't know, but it was to the extent of if you go into the hood with like your your fucking bass speakers going crazy and you're like got all the fancy shit or whatever, and it's late at night and whatever, and you don't, it's like you're gonna get your shit took. Oh yeah, you know, like this is just how it goes. Oh yeah, if you're rolling around gaudy and you're drawing attraction to yourself and you're loud as fuck, that's gonna attract all those people that are like, okay, cool, we got ourselves a mark now. And I, I definitely know that shit, too, because growing up in North Florida, you know, I was like, T 
10 minutes away from Alabama state lines. So it's a completely different, sure, like, yeah. completely different world there. Like I, the Dixie <clears throat> mafia after you. Shit is crazy, <laughs> man. It's just, and it, it's still hood as fuck up there too. So it's either 50% hood shit or 50% just straight redneck shit. And being caught in the middle as like a Puerto Rican kid who skated, you know, like I didn't really have anywhere to kind of like fit in. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I wasn't probably, I don't think I was getting beat up or anything, but your boy was definitely on the outside of everything and was called every single name you could think of by the time I was like seven or eight years old. Yeah. So you got to go through that shit to actually learn how the real world fucking works. You know, like the, the real world is not going to sit around and wait for you. You got to be buddies with everybody. You know what I'm saying? You get uh, clowned upon or, you know. You just talk to people. You do. You're just socializing with every different genre. You know what I'm it's saying? Just, like being sheltered. It is just so crazy. Help. It's just so crazy to think because I'm I'm still like relatively young. I would think, but I'm like the people in my fucking generation are just. I, d- I don't even fucking know what's going on, man. Like yeah. seriously, there's just zero character being put into these fucking kids as they're growing up. It's. I think it's a consequence, and I, I'm you know I'm not a philosopher. There's certain things that I know how to do really really well. And, you know, I I absolutely don't have anything but like personal opinions and personal experience. But I feel like when people have access to opportunities and they don't necessarily. Let's say we choose my words a little bit more wisely because I have the tendency to also put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I've been there, um, done that. <laughs> All right, that? you can make America great again. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> when all right, so in a, the broadest scope, when people are comfortable, I think it is the tendency of most people to lean into that comfort than to lean out of that comfort. Become a little more complacent. And I think that um, not having it so hard has kind of brought up people trying Softer. to occupy themselves yeah. and with drama and bullshit and like they get outrage caught up in whatever yeah and then also you mix that with social media and uh you know not to say that all social media is bad but just the general kind of communication the standardized communication on social media um which is a lot of like virtue signaling and, and oh yeah you know like it's about Everyone has to be nice to each other and everyone has to be a certain way. It's like an avatar. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's, you're just putting up a front. You're just putting up the pictures the of, best version of, of yourself. what I want to see. Yep. I want but, people to see this thing. Yeah. And the, it's the best version of yourself and or, you know, hopefully or whatever is supposed to be the best version of your brand, your personal brand or yep. whatever. Oh, I love I do that all the time. <laughs> it's just it, it is crazy with that whole shit. Uh, well, I whole- think we're or it's just going to be like whenever and when they do get into altercations and stuff and like, uh, you know, they're when you don't have like uh, altercations or not even that just adversity in your yeah, life, just you don't know how to of, deal with it. Yeah, any type it's of hard stress on your life. And so if you just had it made the whole time, like, uh, you know, my girlfriend's daughter's nine, you know, and it's like uh, she has it literally fucking made. Yeah. She has more toys than I've ever fucking had in my whole life. Like, literally doesn't have to do shit. When I was nine, I was fucking doing all the chores. Oh, yeah. The laundry, the dishwasher, all that bullshit. Not she for allowance either. Shit. I didn't, have, I didn't do chores. Like, I didn't do chores for allowance when I was a kid. I did chores because I had to do chores. Yeah. So. 
That was it. She literally has it made. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, I never do that. Yeah, I was mowing the lawn at an age that most people probably shouldn't have their kids mow the lawn. Get your foot chopped off. It's (laughs) funny you say that. That was literally the first thing that I thought of in my head just now when I was thinking about this. I had my business when I was like 12 or whatever. Yeah, man. Like about five yards. Got to fucking hustle. (laughs) Got to make that shit work. Because like I said, I was doing chores for free for my parents. I I don't do chores for other people for money. And that's the other thing with, with uh, like I'm saying, her daughter, she's super fucking smart and she's an amazing kid and all that other stuff. But I feel like there's a huge brick about to hit her shoulders. Like when she gets like, you know, 17, 18 or something. Like same uh, thing that happened to you. Like you're just like, this is what the actual real world is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, so yes. That's an <laughs> amazing segue back to seamlessly back to where we were with we're, this college hey, story. We're professional. Seamless, you know, you we're, guys are killing it. Yeah, we motherfucking seamless around here. So I'm at UCF and I'm doing a music performance and education major, right? Um, and up to this point, like, I started doing, like, a band in middle school and was doing, I uh, was playing all the saxophone, clarinet, and all that kind of stuff, woodwinds and Woodwind, stuff. Woodwind, man. And uh, got them reads on law. Yeah. So I was doing all that all throughout high school and marching band. And I was getting like all of these, uh, you know, like awards. I got a full scholarship with uh, with saxophone over. UCF. That's what's up. So it was saxophone. like, all right. So I'm doing I, I'm doing my major for a couple years. And I did actually most of my uh, yeah, alto baritone bass. I, I, band. You have to do all of them all when of you're them. a major. Yeah, exactly. But if I was top chair in the orchestra, so I had to do uh, soprano in this motherfucker was top. Chair. I, yeah, I did. Soprano well, I mean, the Kenny G one. Though. <laughs> OK, OK. It's not so it's weird. It's so disconnected to it. It's not really anything that I brag about it. But it's just it's also interesting because I don't think anyone would ever think about me playing saxophone in an orchestra. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like almost the opposite. Definitely. Of who I, do. I can see you sitting in but, the orchestra. So it is still, if, it, if anything, it's a funny story. Kind it of makes thing, sense you know? too, because I, you said I the first saxophone, it was the best shit ever. It makes sense because you said the first music that you got introduced to was house music and then jazz. jazz so yeah, yeah. it makes sense. So I was doing that. And it, so to say all that, if, if only to say that that was an absolute trajectory for me. Right. Like I didn't ever consider anything else or whatever, or even being a vocalist or writing my own music or anything like that or whatever. So you hadn't written anything uh, at this point? No, no. Well, Not even like maybe some I poetry? had a ska band in high school. Okay. Well, oh. Who didn't? <laughs> you were all, yeah. Who didn't? Who didn't? Who didn't? Dude, you were all over the place. You were all over the place, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was, you know, that was that. But, hey, you know, skanking is fun. As far as a life of like a career or a job, that was like what is I was trying to be somehow a professional saxophone player. Um, but I had done most of my college classes in high school, DE credit and stuff. And uh, so I had like one thing left that I had to do, which was uh, general psychology, psychology 101. Yeah. And so it was like in my second year, um, about to go into my third year. And uh, so I took the psychology 101. It was one of those mass classes. I don't know if you ever had one of those. Yep. Where there's like 600 people in the class. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, homeschooled for most of my life, super conservative, uh, super religious, like Bible thumper, but also super confused with life and myself and like everything and like just hanging on by a thread kind, kind of underneath of, everything. All right? kinds of conflict going yeah, lots on. Lots of yeah. conflict. You're seeing a real good a return on your investment in a 600 person class. Yeah. <laughs> so and uh, so the the teacher gets up 
uh, and is like, says saxophone boy, you up there. So he's like, so he says to everybody like, hey, uh, you know, like welcome to Psychology 101, blah blah blah. Some of y'all are here because of the choices that you guys made for yourselves. Most of you guys are here because of the choices that somebody else made for you. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, I hope that one day you'll be able to figure out what it is that you want for yourself. And I hope that it is not too late for you to be able to do what you want to do by the time you figure that out. Because it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, and it could be you could be 70 years old before you finally figure out what you want to do. You Word. know what I'm saying? And I was just like, whoa. Like, no one's Spoken ever said like that to me. like a true psychology professor. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's ever said that shit to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, talking about... It's the, either this way or nothing. The right. intentions and the paths and the things of the, you know, of other people kind of making your choices and your decisions for your life and, and you having to eventually kind of figure that shit out for yourself. So that was very impactful. And, uh, you know, I really went in hard on this class because I was really digging the concepts, you Word. know, but from a very non-personal, very academic type way. Right. As it should be with philosophy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, well, it's not philosophy, it's psychology. Oh, yeah. psychology. Yeah. Excuse me. My bad. Different. But but at the same time, like I didn't have any life experience with a lot of kind of the stuff that they were talking about. Right. But from like an outside like critical kind of thinking window kind of shopping or, type yeah. thing. Like, yeah, 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 it was very interesting. It was very intriguing. So he started, he was also watch showing movies, you know, like psychologically driven. Uh, movies. Jacob's ladder. Oh, that sucks. And, that one uh, really hurts you in the heart. So one of them was the first one was, uh, um, clockwork orange. <laughs> And again, I've never seen up, these movies. Yeah. You know what yeah, I was like, gonna say that's a so, that's a head first jump yeah. into the lake there. <laughs> so like, uh, so it was Clockwork Orange. That was fucking wild. Then yep. it was Memento, and that was fucking. I wild. I still don't know what the hell's going on in that movie. That I still haven't is, seen it. And then that's uh, not that good. And then he showed Fight Club. <laughs> and oh man, my my entire like self like just shattered into a million pieces. And I literally lost all concept of identity. Oh, fuck. And, like, who I was, what I wanted, what life was about, what the fuck was going on. Like, existential crisis. Straight up 100%. Damn. Like, straight ego death right there, too. Like, absolute ego death. As in, like, yo, I am living a lie right now. What is real? What is true? Like, like I, it, it was that last, last straw, that last string that snapped. That like it was where where the veil that I was putting over everything, you know, the, the veil that I was kind of taught and I was stretching it and stretching it, stretching it to the point that it was see through, it was transparent, and then it just snapped and it was like wasn't a surprise that it snapped. It was surprised how different it would be once that wasn't there anymore. Damn, you know what I'm saying? Man. And then from there, it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to try everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was just looking and I was, I was at that point, I was super introverted and super shy. Yeah. And I ended up uh, selling my saxophone, buying audio recording equipment and changing over to Valencia Community. And I was going to do audio engineering. That's what I was going to do. Damn. And after you'd already done two years. Of- yeah. Damn. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, I think I was. I, it was the last class, so I skipped out on you the. Did AA. that backwards? 
<laughs> you want to do the two years of Valencia, then go yeah, to exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that, and uh, I ended up uh, having a class that was in this building, uh, and was going through this courtyard to get there, and walked past this dude who's black dude with dreads, and he was like, he had like a notebook, like I mean, total kind of cliche, had the headphones, and he right. was like rapping. To you know, like a beat that he was listening oh, to. Oh, so or you met Sean Shakespeare too? <laughs> yeah, right. <pretty> much. <laughs> um, and uh, I had started. I had been like kind of writing rhymes and poetry and stuff like that. You know, uh, like uh, as all like twenty something, early twenty something year old right. kids do. And um, so I was like, you know what? I don't really have any friends. Like I don't know. I definitely don't know anyone else who likes hip hop. Right. You know. Like, what are you and doing, bud? So I went up to him and I'm like, hey, I introduced myself and I was like, I rap too. And he's like, oh, well, show like, me. My name is blah, Puff blah, blah. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I take it that was probably like a big step for you yeah, too. Right. Exactly. To like, like connect with somebody else. It's weird because like there's very few. If you like sit and think of try and find those really binary forks in the road where my life would be completely different if I chose the other option. You know, if I'd said no to it instead of yes, whatever. And that is one of mine, absolutely, because I became friends with him, and over the next two or three weeks, we would hang out and write rhymes to, like, DJ Premier Beats and stuff like that or whatever. Dope. And uh, and he took me, he's like, yo, there's this open mic that you have to go to over at Will's Pub, and it's a band and it's a local band that does the music for it and it's a hip hop group called the Soliloquist of Sound. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. And so I went and I was working this third shift warehouse job, right? And I actually like took, you know, a night it's called in sick or whatever to go to this open mic. Uh-huh. And had my mind blown from the first minute. I was yeah. just like I never They were felt awesome. I had never felt like a stronger like calling like that kind of a y'all y'all remember the movie Donnie Darko? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where they had he, where he had that extra vision, that sixth sense. And right. he would see the, 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 the thing coming out of the people's yep. chest and leading. It was like their intention or their, yep. their instinct, like leading them from place to place or whatever. And you could kind of see like it, where they I were could going. See yep. mine like and it was attached to these people. Damn. And uh, and yeah, that led to that completely changed my life. I went on stage and Swum wanted to do some beats for me. And we it just had led to this crazy story where then I'm doing music and I'm downtown selling CDs and I, you know, got fired from my job and I'm doing it as a career and, you know, doing shows and all this shit. You That's know? amazing. Dude. That's crazy, man. All from, the, that one, all from that one choice. You jumped in head first, my dude. That's and awesome. Head first. Though. And all while I'm kind sure of like the third figuring it out too, shift you know? uh, warehouse thing wasn't working out. So. Oh, well, man, they, <laughs> they were bastards, man. They were <laughs> fucking bastards. <laughs> I got workers comp and uh, I got injured really bad on the they job. Made, they drug they, tested they, you. No, they, yeah. they, uh, I got injured really bad on the job. And uh, they were just looking for an excuse to get rid of me. And I was like late, like late calling into a shift or something like that or whatever. And they're like on the spot. How did Damn. you get hurt? I walked. So, though, the, it was a DHL. Uh, uh, first, it was Airborne Express. The, yeah. The yeah, yeah, DHL. So it was a, a sorting hub. Right. Mm-hmm. Boxes. Where, mother, yeah, like boxes and shipping really? stuff or whatever. And all of the, 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 the trucks would back up. So the whole place was elevated like seven feet off the ground yeah. Yeah. for the semi trucks yeah. to back in and unload everything. Right. Yep. Um, so they have in order to get down to the smoking area, they have like ramps 
uh-huh. like wheelchair ramps, walking walking yeah. ramps or whatever that would come down. And uh, so everyone would go on break and they'd go down the stairs and they'd go off or whatever. And uh, um, so I was going out to get some fresh air and not smoke. Obviously. Not, well, I mean, I was smoking <laughs> a little bit. I was smoking a little bit of cigarettes back then, but I had a really shitty life back then. This was before <laughs> any happiness was happening. I feel that. Uh, so um, you so went to go the out. Thing. Well, the so what they were drop. doing is they were converting the exit door for one of the side doors down the ramp or whatever to that area. Uh, they were converting it into another bay door. Yeah. And so they had straight up torn all of the oh. ramp out. So it was just a seven foot drop. Oh. Right oh. What the fuck? So I go to walk out and immediately like I just step out into nothing. Oh, my God, right? dude. dude you need to be on a daily Danny Newland billboard. right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, So I fall out sideways. I hyperextend my left knee oh. sideways. Yeah. And then come down, fall, and then I grip onto the handle. Right, because you're like falling. And then I pull, like I fall and am gripping the handle and I pull my shoulder, my right shoulder. And then the door swings open and then I cut my stomach on the bottom of the metal door. (laughs) Holy fuck. So then I drop drop down to the ground, right? And then I'm like, I have no other choice. Either I have to walk all the way around this building or I have to fucking... Pull myself up this seven foot, seven oh, foot yeah. cliff, oh, right? Dude. So I like pull myself up back and through this door and shit, and I'm like, <laughs> like hobbling like Igor across <laughs> the fucking this? floor, and my boss is like, oh my god, what the fuck happened? So these shiesty motherfuckers, they need to call it Skip's delivery right now. Let them know. <laughs> convinced me, like they were like, hey, how about we just not fill out an accident report? Yeah, because no they, shit, they didn't lock the door, they yeah. didn't block it off, no they did not tape, say anything yeah. about it during the Holy meeting, fuck, like during dude. the like the beginning shift meeting or anything like that. Jesus. They were absolutely at fault. They someone was gonna get fired. Oh right? yeah, for sure. And uh, so they're like, how about you know, like we'll see how you feel tomorrow and blah blah blah. <sighs> So Don't go to a Danny Newland, please. So <laughs> I, I called. I So I, I, I went in to work the next day, and I'm like, listen, man, this thing's swollen. I got to go fucking see a doctor, <laughs> whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I, I filled all that out. And they, uh, so long story short, I got a, a, a lawyer. And with the, when they tried to, when they fired me and everything, I was going to do a malpractice lawsuit to them. Right. But I didn't go to like a Morgan and Morgan or whatever. Um, uh, I went to kind of like a, a really I amazing man, friend. Man. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we ended up didn't win. They got buried in paperwork, and it just didn't work out. Um, Damn. And, and uh, didn't get anything out of it. HH now. <laughs> yeah, fuck them, man. <laughs> that shit is crazy. Ouch. And that hurt me just listening to that story. Yeah, pe- people at home, <laughs> people at home. If you shuddered, Ouch. you shuddered when you heard that. I'm right there yeah. with you because I definitely gave like a. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that shit is that that shit is those like motivation. Like when it came time to. Right, to make the like, change into like, you know what? Like, I don't want to work for anyone else. I want to be self-employed. Right. You know, like, <sighs> I want to do something differently. And when you're on the other side of that, it seems impossible in practice. And you almost have to, like, brainwash yourself into the point where it's like, this is possible. You know, like, this is possible. Like, you can do that. Like, it is a thing. You know Word. what I'm saying? Like, surrounding yourself with people who are doing that is a huge thing for that. You know what I'm saying? And then you brainwash yourself to the point where it's like, now you're doing it. Or even if you like do the slow band aid and you're like, okay, now I am like getting 50% of my income each month from my own shit. And 50% of it 
from a job mm-hmm. and then like it's 75 25 and then it's like now you're fully self-employed but you take things freelance on the side and then you kind of make the decision if you just want to do your own shit exactly you know, you know it's crazy i can see it now too because i've seen your live show and i definitely know where all the energy and the enthusiasm comes from now for sure because well, you, you bring it, a he's fired up bring a lot of fucking energy into the shows man i appreciate that yeah i mean for me like I'm a superconductor, and when I get free, like on stage, like I just stop thinking, and I just do. I was and gonna say crazy you, shit. You look like sometimes. you're in a fucking zone. Like dude. the more that I'm, if I'm on when I'm on stage, the more that I'm thinking, the less dynamic my performance is. Most definitely, you know feeling saying? it in the hey, moment. Kind of, you're just like, about, uh, and there's sometimes, and, and you know, like. Honest to God, like, I wish it wasn't that way, but there is a difference between, like, when you have 100 people in a crowd or 500 people in a crowd and when you got, like, five people in a crowd, you still got to do your fucking show. You're going to feel your energy just the same, basically. But I absorb energy, man. Like, if I'm getting energy, like, I give back twice as much. Most definitely. That's um, what's happening right now. Yeah. (laughs) And so, for me, I, I mean... Like, even, like, right now. Like, I'm working on three hours of sleep. I feel that. Like, I was, I, I got to sleep at 6 o'clock this morning. I had to be, I, I had to be at uh, the job. I, I, I do freelance work here at uh, Orlando Weekly. I had to be there at 10, you know? But I was, what I was doing last night was I was over at my friend's studio. He's a f- photographer. He does, uh, like, uh, f- editorial, like, stuff for... Um, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Word. Uh, NASCAR, Rockstar Energy Drink, stuff like that or whatever, right? Word. So um, he's got a bunch of big-ass lenses. Uh, he's <laughs> he's amazing photographer, and him and his people like who work to, you know, they have a company or whatever, they have everything, every single thing you could possibly imagine. That's fucking crazy. So um, we actually were, last night we were, I got, we got together to reshoot um, my album cover for the last album that I put out. Back in the end of 2010 or beginning of 2011 called Until the Very End. That was the last album that I put out. I'm working on the new one, but that was the last one that was released. It's crazy about that is I remember when that came out in the album uh, album release party because yeah. I was almost supposed to go to that because I was living with Frank at the time. And I know he went to the album release party. Yeah, that was. Oh, uh, you know, Frank. Dope. It was I'm a sorry, shit show. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that show was a that was show was a crazy shit show. I don't remember what it was. I think that uh, the Frank opening band, drugs. maybe, but uh, I think the opening band like ran super long. Oh, and shit. then we ended up like not. Oh no! What it was is like the sound man like took their sweet ass time. We should have like back. Uh, you know, like um. What's it called? Back, backlined. Oh, some okay, of the yeah, gear yeah, yeah. Because like both, you know, everybody wanted to use their own shit, so like you gotcha. know, carry over or whatever. But it was a great time. I'm just, I'm, I'm being hypercritical for no reason at all. Did I see you at Cameo around that time? Maybe. Oh, I love. Probably. Yeah, no, I did a bunch of stuff at Cameo. Okay, I was gonna say. Yeah, that I think was I back in the did. day when it was just like me with a shaved head and some like <laughs> weird noise making electronic gear and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> what was it? What's the thing? Oh damn it! I don't think of it. What thing are you talking it's about? It's a noisemaker thing. It's like I had a chaos pad. I was about to say I had a chaos pad, and then I had these two um, discontinued 
They were made by Roland, I think, and there was the air effects and the air synth. Gotcha. And so you would put your hand, almost like a theremin, you would put your hand yeah, over it, and it would theremin. like, you, oh, could, yes. you could sweep your hand across, like, a, like it was the same motion, kind of like, like a magic ball, or you yeah. can imagine that, and it'd be like... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of is the theremin kind of like those, the, they're picking up the waves. Like, yeah. Those chaos pads are so much fun. Yeah, they're really I cool. was going to buy one when I was like 15. I'm like, ah, I don't have the money and I should have fucking bought it. I remember when, <laughs> when Frank had his chaos pad and the chaos later to go with it. I would chaos just sit dope. there for hours messing with that thing, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's dope. So many good times, but yeah. So that that, that is, I mean, it's crazy. Like oh. we're we're meeting now, like, and I saw you way back in the day, like in 2010, 2011. You yeah. know, like, it shit is crazy how past cross again later on. Yeah, well, we're we're man, we're promoting that album like crazy. A lot of people, um, a lot of people. Dude, it was big at that time. Have re- that album, and we're really supportive of that album. And uh, I remember yeah. before that release party happened, uh, when Frank was, because Frank was the one who put me on to you back then. Yeah. I just remember there was like a buzz going on around that whole thing. Like, yeah, there was definitely like a buzz for sure. Yeah, it was cool. That's got to be a good feeling, you know, like a. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, there was a lot happening though at the time, you know, personally too, where. Um, I was just like busting my ass, just trying to like stay above water, you know, like financially and everything. And I was trying to be self-employed and, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of hard eating during those days. Very much so. I mean, it was like the days where like you're deciding, okay, do I want to have my phone on or do I want to have my lights on? It's one or the other. I was definitely, uh, I've, I've washed a few loads of laundry with rainwater. I don't know. That's the <laughs> thing. You put some buckets in the thing. You still run the washer. I feel that. <laughs> I went. No uh, <laughs> I, I, I've I've been there, done this. You know, I went without gas in my <laughs> gas apartment for like four or five months yeah. straight at a time. Other one. Sometimes you. Uh, the one no, at UCF? Bef- before that. Oh, okay. Before that one. Yeah. So and it was also a weird time too because uh, that's the s- social media started coming in. Right. And, before that was uh, a thing. Yeah, it was. I started before it was a thing, and then it started coming in and really, kind of changing a lot of things. And uh, it's crazy. You know, I was just doing these tons of small shows, and I was trying to get more stuff outside of Orlando, and and uh, I just wasn't making any traction. And it also should be said too that one of the like remaining residual things that I had from my upbringing that was part of the processes of, of growing and learning and stuff like that. But it was one of the last things that are big lessons that I really learned was that I was obsessed um, with uh, receiving acceptance from people and being liked by people. You know what I'm saying? Like I was absolutely consumed with everybody liking me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you're a likable guy though. I mean, well, I'm also an asshole and that's okay. But back then, like, I would only try to be on everybody's good side and I became almost like desperately sycophantic in the sense of like I never spoke up, I never really gave my opinion about anything. Kind of like a yes man almost. Yeah, in a way a yes man where I would just remove myself from situations in which I there would be potentially conflict. But yeah. I, essentially I just wanted to be seen as the, a nice guy. 
Like, I want you to think favorably of me. Yeah. So I'm not going to ruffle anybody's feathers. I'm going to Jimmy Fallon this shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We're like, all getting along. Oh, that Ruff- motherfucker ruffles my feathers. I do not <laughs> like him. And, Anyways. Uh, You're the so, only person in America, I think. That feels so, that way. so, yeah. And um, so I was just going out of my way to not have any enemies, to like be make sure trying to be on everyone's good side and sucking up to everybody and doing all that shit and never being negative and never being critical and never nothing, you know, like everyone's cool. Everyone's doing their thing. Everyone's whatever. So, um, around that time I started kind of messing around with, um, some psychedelic drugs. Yes. I was going to say um, cocaine, but DMT, we got it. No. So what I, yeah, no, I was, what I was doing first was, uh, was mushrooms. Yes. And, uh, you know, that gave like the really great, like, Hey, you know, life is amazing, and you know you're a part of life, euphoria. and connected with things, and the euphoria, whatever. Everything's connected, and there yep. were great lessons with that. But still, I, that desperation was still definitely there of like being well, wanting to, to be wanting to now. be liked. Because even at that point, it was probably exacerbated because wanting to be liked and it connected with other people too, right? You know, because that's like a big a big narrative with with mushroom experiences and stuff is you know the I think connection that's just, thing. Just human beings. I think that sure. what you're saying is just everybody wants to be liked and, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not bad for wanting that. Well, you know no, I mean, it, yeah. it was at an unhealthy degree. Okay. You know, it wasn't healthy. It was when you put everybody else above yourself, yourself right. you know what I'm saying? Their feelings, their their experience, their life experience over your own life experience, you know, like right. uh, based that's on their experience not healthy. of meeting you. Yeah. yeah. You're not, not right. even living your own life. You're essentially at that point. serving somebody else's experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, which I think should only be done in moderation if it's done. Right? Exactly. Same everything with mushrooms. Everything in moderation. Exactly. <laughs> um so I you know, for a couple years I had done mushrooms like, you know, maybe two times a year and I made a big deal out of it, you know, like it wasn't casually. It was kind of a, an experience. Yeah, right? for sure. And I went into it wanting to kind of grow and learn something, whatever. And cool. So I, I wanted to get some more. And uh, the guy that I usually went to, he's like, no, I don't have any mushrooms, man. Frank like, ripped you off. You're going to you're gonna have to wait. <laughs> or I have a psilocybin and it's in a pill. Nice. And Capsules. I'm like, and I'm like, okay, uh, well, psilocybin is in mushrooms, and not really knowing anything about it, and him not really telling me that, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, listen, this has got kind of like the opposite effect <laughs> of mushrooms, oh, you know, buddy. You're gonna and go into yeah, fucking la la land. The, the darkness <laughs> is coming out. Oh yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, and buddy. so uh, I owned an art gallery at that time, and it was just kind of hanging out at the gallery after hours to so kind of stand there. I pretty much lived at this art gallery like five or six days of the week. I was sleeping there. I think most people that own an art gallery were yeah, have a back room. <laughs> That they were living in the mm-hmm. office and uh so i popped this capsule and i'm thinking man here comes the happiness you know what i'm saying gotta look at my art and in then here. i left like i checked out and this character like all right so preface not just pause the you story because i do every that painting you i i had really bad anger issues growing up right where like just tons of resentment and having the rough kind well, you of know, like you're saying go you, at it you or didn't whatever know what kind of identity you had basically. and, and I, it, I suppressed everything yeah. and it yeah. all became anger and resentment repressed and kids that happens a I lot i had man. like really bad anger issues yeah, that happened with going to kind of a hulk too. mode you know what i'm saying oh like, yeah if you fucked with me like i will rip your goddamn throat out oh yeah you know? that shit happened with me too i, I grew up in a military family catholic uh, Hispanic conservative, you know, so I, I, not to the degree you had it, you know, but I had the same shit. I had anger management, yeah. uh, uh, therapy that I was going to in high school for a while, you know, cause 
shit was just crazy. You know, you don't know where to put all that fucking energy. Yeah. So on this psilocybin, like I got to meet this Hulk. Oh thing, yeah. Right. And so like I fucking melted away, and I was like in the back seat, and then this thing called the Raven. This is fucking weird. And this. <laughs> This is probably going to be the the best anti-drug message like for most people listening. <laughs> this motherfucker yeah. opened up to me like I was Barbara Walters. <laughs> and uh, like I grabbed all his papers, right? And I just started writing, I am the Raven, over and over and oh, over and over God. again on these papers and That's shit. That's a Simpsons episode, I'm pretty sure. And, <laughs> and uh, the Raven, nevermore. <laughs> man, had this crazy, dark, fucking like uh, experience. Trip. Trip yeah, was just <laughs> crazy, right? On some Hunter Thompson shit. Took yeah. you to the depths. And yeah, so I went into that dark place. All of that shit came out. And then when I came out of that, I was like... The best rapper fuck ever. You, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You know what I think? Like, this is what I think. You want to know what I feel? This is what I feel. Right, you know so you're saying? actually And I went from, from one side to the other. Oh, yeah. And everyone was like, what the fuck happened to Skip? <laughs> Why is he an asshole now? You know what I'm saying? And it was because, like, I... Any situation, like, I could interject my opinion or my thought on it or whatever. I was like, yo, I've been saving up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go here now. Like, I have a debt towards that I have to pay off, which is fucking my opinion and me being in your goddamn face. And I was really aggressive. And it, but at the same time, it was a muscle that I had no control over. Yeah. Right. Reflex. It yeah. just required honing because you weren't you weren't using it. You <laughs> and know? over time, like I learned, and and you know, even Swan was like, "Yo, listen, like I think it's great." You know what I'm saying? Like I, it was so consistent to the point where he's like, "Yo, you're a fucking hammer." You know what I'm saying? Like, and in situations in which something goes down or someone's fucking wrong, and there were plenty of times where like someone in the community was violating, and I was just like, you know what? I'm that motherfucker who's going to tell you you're wrong. Yep. You know, like, and everyone else was who wasn't that hammer. They're like, yo, we're cool with it because he's the fucking hammer right now. I feel you know that. And um, but over time, it was like I learned like, hey, man, there are times in which being a hammer is appropriate. And there's sometimes we're not being a hammer, or having the force of a feather yeah. or having like, yep. You know, having a smooth tongue. There's more than one way to more than one way to get exactly. your point across. Yeah, can accomplish something and you know to get your point across effectively too. That's and the to main know thing. when to do what in which scenario. Yep, most definitely. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. And that I mean, I think that's key for business is knowing when to push and pull. You know, they knowing when like you need to enforce or like push yourself into a situation or something that's happening, and when you need to pull back and let it just kind of happen itself. Most definitely. You know. Damn, son. Damn, you had you had just a whole like couple of years of just realization, like self realization. I feel like there. Yeah, there was a lot Actually, growing more, up. I'm pretty more sure. than that too. Yeah. Well, it, well, that's this interesting thing is like that all happened over social media and like. Oh man, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get <laughs> shit. I'm gonna get. I'm a. I guarantee y'all, I'm gonna get James Gunn like a motherfucker one day. Like, hey, don't run for office, buddy. They're gonna be like, 
they're gonna be like, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, remember wanna... 2014? Yeah, <laughs> remember back in the day when like Facebook just first started and you decided that you wanted to like melt down stream of consciousness every single stupid thing that you had to fucking think and tag the, the people in it. <laughs> oh man. So like, I feel like I I was Drew Barrymore like growing up in front of everybody because it was like. <laughs> I was making mistakes in real time. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, these things happen, though. Oh, yep. Got to learn. We you. all got to learn somehow. I get that. I still get that to this day where like, I was, remember when you fucking trolled me in kinda, 2008. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'll be in a conversation with somebody and just be like, they'll be like, man, like this is You're a that really, motherfucker. Well, they'll be like, man, it's a really dope conversation. Like, and I'm glad I got to talk to you. Like. What the fuck was going on back in the day? Like, <laughs> you used to be such an asshole, and then now you're like super cool or whatever. And it's just like, hey, you know, you gotta fucking grow up. Yep. And you gotta it's like part of the deal. Oh yeah. I was like, I was making up for lost time. You know, like uh, I had an album, one of my indie albums that I had put out, um, and it was called "What They Never Told You," and it kind of talked about a lot of that stuff of just like, yo, man, like y'all take for granted like the things that you learn, like. Even just simply of like how to make friends or talk to people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, a conversation. Have a conversation yeah. with people. You know what I'm saying? Like how to enjoy or try to enjoy yourself in a, like a crowd of people. Exactly. You know? And like I didn't have any of that stuff. I had to kind of learn all that. So stuff that like, man, I learned that when I was 10 years old. Or I learned that when I was 15. Or like I didn't lose my virginity till I was 23 years old. Damn, son. You know what I'm saying? Like. Where everyone I know was like, yo, I was fucking doing that when I was 15, 16 years old. Yep. And none of those things singular, uh, single, uh, singled out would be like, oh, you had it, you know, whatever. You know, but like the main thing is like all those things together is like is being like is basically being Borat, but in a different <laughs> backwards, stream, right? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like a backwards Borat. We're uh, like, you don't know you're like, the character. Hey, guys, how you doing? And it's just like, you know, what the fuck is your problem? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I want to tell you about the Bible. Today. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like Macaulay Culkin walking around New York and <laughs> Home, Home Alone 2. You know yep. what I'm saying? It's just like you do not belong here. Kind of a thing. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm just trying to have to pick that up of like, how do you talk to girls? How do you get a girlfriend? How do you make friends? Like, how do you do this? But that's but that has never stopped. Like. That's going back to the video thing, going back to the music thing. It's like I learned how to be an entrepreneur by needing to make my rent, printing up CDs and going downtown and selling CDs to strangers. Which is crazy because like you were saying, you know, with the whole introduction of the social media era, you know, like it's few and far between with new musical artists that can say like they were out there actually grinding right, doing with the that trunk shit full of CDs yeah cuz that was that was the thing for the longest fucking time you know <laughs> you had like, to get your name out there i've There's bought no many i bought many a local a local album or anything from from people that yeah. were whether it was back in Pensacola or is here in Orlando you know just because they're out there hustling whether it was out of the back of their trunk or they were pushing around a fucking shopping cart or just had a bag of their tapes or whatever you know like that era is just almost like forgotten of i feel like and i try to utilize uh a lot of you know the technology aspect of it i'm you know social media has become a lot I'm I'm in it and I'm trying. <laughs> I feel that. I'll just dude. put it that way. There's a lot to fucking do on social media nowadays, whatever. And trust me, my I girl feel is that. usually like, yo, you need to do a news story. You need to do, you need to update your story today. And I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to work right now. You know, I'm just trying to make something. But regardless, 
Um, I've totally spaced on what it is I was about to say. Was that uh, just the social media about how you can culminate getting a presence into your social? Oh, what media. I was gonna say is that I'm a bitter motherfucker <laughs> for people. Yeah, that's what I was at. for that SoundCloud, was it. SoundCloud musicians and people like. So for me, I don't feel that you have to do it a certain way in order for your experience to be valid. That's not what I'm saying. Uh You can absolutely be valid and do it in a way that is different than the way that I did it, right? However, with with going downtown and selling those CDs to strangers, right, there were so many experiences where of getting laughed at, of getting spit at, of people grabbing my CDs and throwing them, going up to like tables of people at a bar and having 10 people fucking laugh and point and ridicule you to your fucking face. Oh, I love trivia. That's what I do. That's what I did every Tuesday. And <laughs> so that's that's something that's a lesson that either completely tears you down to nothing and you can't recover from it or it makes you stronger. Yeah, yep. it's definitely the stronger. Oh yeah. And like yeah. At that time, this is also still the introverted, shy person. Gotcha. Right. Obviously, I'm a, you know, a talkative person now, but back then, not very introverted. And so I'd go do these things, and I'd get fucking just torn down. And I would go into like the barbecue bar restrooms, and I would cry for like 10, 15 minutes. Fuck, you know what man. I'm saying? And I would pull myself back together, and I would repeat to myself like. This is what I chose. This is my decision. No one else put me here. No one else brought me here. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I fucking fail, it's my fault. And if I succeed, it's my fault. You know? And I'd pull myself back up, and I'd go back out there, and I would go get those sales. I feel that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I would, I made fans. I made, people would give me money just because they respected the hustle. Not because they, they were like, yo, you're dope and i respect whatever this is that you're doing and wherever this is going and like here's 20 dollars. like it, which is a, which it. is a lesson in itself as well you exactly. know exactly you're getting uh, all go fund me bro there you go essentially it was like <laughs> the, kind of the go fund me is like these people are just like yo i believe in this concept of of you, you. yeah you know yep. what I'm saying as like an and here's the support like it was patreon before patreon yeah They're like yo just like take a cd and give it to somebody you know Hell what i'm saying yeah. and those became the people that were like those became the people that like stayed in touch with me the most. I had the most intimate and it wasn't just because they like a lot of them never even listened to the music or anything that I was making. Right. They were just like really appreciative of what it is that I was doing and what it is Swan was doing and what it is that we contributed by our presence and by our hard work ethic. Right. And, um, and yeah, like as, as time went on, those were the people that like made the projects happen and, and like invested the most and I think that's super invaluable and something that a lot of people don't ever like learn until it's already too late when you're a new musician yeah, is that when you start doing shows, the people who are coming to your shows are your friends. Yep. Right. They're not your fans. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're your buddy at work. It's your brother's girlfriend. It's like whatever. It's usually the same for like stand-up comedians too. Exactly. Very, very similar path at the beginning. And... um you know, those guys, they're going to come to six shows, maybe seven, ten at the most. And they're going to get and tired. And they're not going to cut. They've seen your shtick. They've seen yep. your fucking set 30 times or whatever. They're not interested. And at that point, you need to start making fans. Yep. You know, 
And that is such a, a hard lesson to learn where you think that you're doing good because your friends are there and blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, you got a crowd and you, people know your lyrics because they like you and they they learn some of your words and stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, OK, these strangers, I've got to I've got to level up. You know, and that's what I was saying is that it never stops is that leveling up never stops. There's never a point where you're like, OK, I've reached this. I've accomplished this. So now it's going to be easy. Exactly. Yeah. You know? It never fucking stops. And it's not <laughs> like even going back with what the video and having to learn video editing and then also like learning how to, to write screenplays and scripts and storyboards and learning how to operate cameras and what different lighting does at different situations. Like uh, edit, uh, the editing, obviously, color correcting, but also business proposals. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like how to how to write up sponsorship proposals. Right. Like um, what does stuff that for grants, mean? yeah. All <laughs> of those things apply for grants, stuff like that. Like this is these are things that people do for jobs. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you're not you're not gonna be able to like learn the whole thing. But you have to be able to learn a, a part of that thing that so you can do what you need to do. Exactly. Get your shit done. You yep. know what I'm saying? And so you become this like jack of all trades and master of none. But if you if you continue to invite these type of experiences of like kind of forcing yourself to develop a new skill, right? Like I ended up doing everything that I'm doing now by accident in a way. Or at least accident up to the extent in which life provides you an opportunity that you didn't expect and you answer in a certain way that allows you to kind of figure out what's going to happen. You yeah. know, like like what's going to happen next, right? So the art was the same same exact thing. Was So just like with the music was the, the meeting that guy and him taking me to the open mic, the uh-huh. vocalization. Art. I had a, uh, I was hanging out with all visual artists. I was a rapper, white rapper dude, you know, just doing the white rapper thing, backpacking, <laughs> doing my thing. Blonde hair, white shirt. No idea that I would ever, ever do art in my life, right? But I was hanging out with visual artists and members of the B-side artists, a guy named Tobar. And he was like, yo, um, they're doing this show, this stencil show, and I think that you should submit a piece for the stencil show. So I was like, all right, cool, fuck it. You know, like I'm, I'm down to try something new. That's cool. So I did it and I did this stencil portrait of somebody and it was like five layers and I was like using like uh, different kind of like, I was just making up techniques of how to, you know, make a stencil and shit. So I did it. Nice clean lines. I'm kind of an OCD guy. I like cleanness and clarity. You can see that in my art. Yep. And put it up and everyone was just walking past it in the gallery the whole time. And I was like bummed, man. I was kind of like stationed like a little so I could see people if they, they were enjoying it. But it. like yeah. I want to be right next to it. Like, hey, come look at my piece, you know. Yeah. And everyone's just walking past it and like not paying it any mind. Right. And uh, so near the end of the night, the the, the person who kind of curated the event was like, you know, hey, Skip, you know, how would you like the event? How would you do or whatever? And I'm like, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of pissed. You know, like I'm really disappointed. It's like I busted my ass on this piece. And like I feel like I really killed it, but I don't feel that people really feel it, you know. And and he was and and I said like you know I even did the the five layers of stencils whatever, and he was like yo, that's a stencil, that's a stencil. And I'm like yeah, stencils and spray paper blah 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 blah. It's fuck, it's a stencil. And he was like yo, I thought this shit was screen printed. Oh shit. 
And then someone else was like, yo, I thought it was screen printed too. Damn. And then all the people came back and they were like, yo, we didn't know this was stencils. How the fuck did you do that? And I was like, oh, okay, damn. So then I spent, for that last part, that last fucking 20 minutes, I was like talking to everybody about, oh, this, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, yo, you should do this. Like, you should really do this. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, so I was doing more of it. I ended up being able to get a solo show over in City Arts Factory at the Redefine. Word. And then shit just started taking off from there. And that's the, the thing is like when I was doing that music, that's around the time that I was doing the Until the Very End. But it was after Until the Very End and things were kind of tapering off. And I was in this kind of rut where with Until the Very End, so much went into that album. Three years went into that album. Um, I played tons of instruments on it. It's mixed and mastered immaculately. There's so many live instruments on say, it. Man. I orchestrated on there. Like, there's so much that went into that album. I'm playing keyboards. I'm playing synthesizers. There's live strings. Uh, Dude, it's a bass. great. It's a great album the whole way through. It's arranged very there's well. So I much gotta stuff say. in there, and we 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 just poured ourselves into it into the live show. Um, there was a four part comic book series that went into it. Went all in. And um, nothing really came of it. And then as I'm like trying to do the next thing, it's like this kind of feeling of like slipping and losing momentum. And it's like draining. Yeah. And you're um, you're not getting any traction. Yeah, yeah, there's no traction. It was yeah. just I really felt like I was spinning my wheels and no one was really feeling me as much as I was. I don't know. I guess that's like not. No one was really feeling me the way that I was feeling myself. Yeah. You know, like, and if anything, I was just like, yo, man, like I made something really great that I believe in. And this is not really moving the way that I'd like. Not to say that anything should be given to you, but like I all that's I was probably the hardest part about being an artist. All I was you... doing was taking every opportunity that was given to me yeah. and trying to maximize it and knock it out of the park. But it was just leading to other opportunities of the same size and scale over and over and over and over again. I feel that. And there was never any, oh, well, you did well. You did well in this scenario, this test. So we're going to give you a bigger test now. There was like none of that, right? But with the art that I was doing and the paintings that I was doing, you can spend three years going into an album and making the beats and the writing and the uh, the recording, the mixing, the mastering, the printing, the selling, and have some asshole haggle for you for ten dollars you know, <laughs> for a CD. You can spend three or four days on a painting and sell that shit for eight hundred dollars. Yep. As a matter of fact, I'll be. Tell me how that math. Tell me how that math compares. It's fucking crazy. It really you know what I'm is. Saying? Like, and I was getting so much enthusiasm for my art, and I was getting so much apathy for my music that it. And it, again, this is, I think, also before I bro- it, this was before I broke that wall. Mm-hmm. So this is still nice skip and everything like that or whatever. And I look back and I think that that overly niceness or like, you know, overly polite and all of that. I think that was the shit that was I don't think I was putting the alpha energy out there. Ultimately hurting you in the music kind of side. Yes, yeah. absolutely. What's, what was holding you back from yeah. progressing? I think I was just being a wet towel and I, I was that. just like, Oh, I love wet towels. Not fighting for myself. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so I was like, you know what? Like I want to do art. Like that's what I want to do because like at the end of the day, this is my fucking experience. 
I'm not really enjoying doing the music. I've done music my whole goddamn life. You know what I'm saying? Up to that point when I left, I think I was, what, like 26, 27, somewhere around there. And uh, so it's like a whole life has just been music, 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 music. Like, this is exciting. It's different. It's new. I really enjoy it. I feel satisfied from it. And it, it. seems to be gaining traction, and like, again, immediately. A career seems to be kind of coming from this. You yeah. know, momentum in a way that I'd never had with music. So I left music, and I was doing the art. And uh, it went, you know, it was doing really, really well. And then I kind of started, like, meeting that plateau again, you know, and, like, really kind of spinning my wheels. And, uh, but... I found that as I got in more and more into this like franchise industries um, voice that people were really paying attention to that. And it was really kind of distinctifying myself from from other artists. Right. I got to say, I love all of that shit, man. Like the me too. Thank you. The, like, the fucking I, I always love that other people like some of the ideas because the parodies like are spot on, dude. Yeah. Like so spot on. They're so fucking good. B-Rock hasn't really seen any of your shit at all. I've I've literally I given him it on the Instagram just now. Oh, did you? Oh, OK. Well, I was, just uh, friend request. OK, word. I was going to say, yeah, I've given him zero information, yeah. but it's like usual as usual with all of those. Yeah, as usual. I'll, I'll take that. But uh, with like those projects, like with the parodies and like the huge huge projects the you've done the installations stuff, yeah. like that huge mural you did at Hanau with the American flag yeah. like as soon as you were saying like I'm a little OCD and I take painstaking you know time with my paintings that was the first thing I thought of because yeah. I was there watching you watching you paint you know and I was just like seeing just the tiniest like I could see so many gears working as you were looking at the whole painting, wanting it to be just fucking perfect. Yeah. You nailed that shit, dude. Thank that, you, man. I, I'm shit. really happy with the way that turned out. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot that's a constant process of, of uh, well, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nietzsche, really dope philosopher yes. dude. And he had a concept called self-despisal, which is essentially not to get too heady uh, or whatever, but is essentially the idea of being your your own best in, best worst critic, critic, worst yeah. critic, yes. you know, of being able to honestly self-evaluate yourself constantly, um, not, in this, not in the sense of getting into kind of like a dour spiral, but of being what, able... Know what you need to improve. Exactly, being, yeah. of being really self-honest and, and being able to look into a mirror and be, you know, able to see what you need to be working on and, and hopefully being able to be objective enough to know how, what you need to... How correct you need to do that. it, you know, yes. and what you need to correct. And um, yeah, so constantly in a state of that and, 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 and improving on it. Where, where were we? we were, uh, I got lost I, on that I'm going to be volunteering uh, Saturday at the Arts After Dark at City Factory, City Arts Factory. Oh, are you really? <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we we are were. Are you still in the redefined gallery now, or? Oh no, uh, the that was you know that was back in the day. That was 2012. Um, that show, but what it is that I do is. Um, I have some murals around town. Okay. And uh, where? My main thing. All right. So I have one right now uh, is over at um, Sam Flax, Orlando. Which one? I love Sam Flax. The the pill girl. What? That's yours? I love that Morton Salt girl with the pills. (laughs) And then I have. Let me give you fucking taps (laughs) for that. I love that one. And then I have. You just made his day. For real. Awesome. I love that girl. You know, I find uh, there's a lot of times where like. That I have that conversation often, and that's like that just tells you like how big Orlando is, you know, or how big our life is in general, right. but like small also small is. at the yeah. same time too. Yep. Because 
it'll be like they'll have like no idea and I can talk about I can talk about like 90% of the things that I do but then you get to that one thing one thing right and like so the, some of the other things that I'm known for is I did the Lego wall over at Drunken Monkey okay. years back yes um I had a gallery over in Artagon. I had like this big protect and serve mural and and gallery there, and uh, I also had this uh, giant banana installation years back that was on the Fox News and stuff in like that. It went viral. That that one wasn't in Artagon, okay. but that one uh, I had in some different art shows and it got destroyed and was on the news and went what? missing and oh, stuff. Fuck! Somebody crazy. stole your banana. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna, we're doing a documentary about it, but it's a crazy what? crazy God story. Damn. It is a crazy story. <laughs> Jesus, uh, it, is a, it is a story. It is a real world crazy story that is deserving of a documentary. Uh, fuck, don't spoil it. Um, Jesus. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then we also, me and my girlfriend, we did this photography exhibit called The Ideal Woman that was uh, published in the Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan Magazine, Shape Magazine. It was shared over 15,000 times Damn. on Facebook. Uh, it was written about by a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writer and uh, it was translated in over 23 languages around the world. Damn. And so what, what was that? It was an installation called The Ideal Woman and uh, my girlfriend's a photographer. And um, so it, the idea of it was is that it was a, a photography exhibit of two photos with a mirror in the middle of it, right? And so over on the left was this kind of like five foot tallish um, vertical photo of her um, nude um, and kind of um, having a, a certain kind of pose of dominance and, uh -huh. and kind of using it was black and white and uh, very high contrast and it was using the shadows to be able to kind of like paint her you know almost kind of like a Greek statue right? yeah yeah and then the one on the right was this very unflattering lighting, like very fluorescent kind of overhead lighting. And she was just kind of standing there like in this kind of slumping kinda, pose. Yeah. Um, and then had all of these black uh, kind of plastic surgery markings all over her body, right? Oh, shit. And, um, and then in the middle was the mirror, and it had a little sign over it, and it said, you know, what do you see when you look in the mirror? And then underneath it was this little ballot box with some papers and some pens, and it said, uh, name something that you love about yourself, right? So people would see, oh, they would look on the left, they would stand in front of it, and it was the same thing, we would kind of like hang back and watch. People would look at the left one, and then they would look at the right one, and then they would look in the mirror, and then they would start crying. I was going to say, there's a lot of layers to that shit, man. And like we saw it happen like over and over again of like these people having a, like that kind of like that existential crisis thing I was talking yeah. about is like they would see one, they would see the other and then it would see what do you see when you look in the mirror and people would just kind of like lose it. And the messages that there was all anonymous, like the messages in the box or whatever. So people would write something and they would, you know, kind of fold it up and put it in the box. And, you know, the stuff that we got was just amazing. Like, it was just insane. Some of it was just crazy personal. Serial killer. Some people were like, <laughs> nothing. They don't Murderer. see anything beautiful about themselves. Damn. You know that sucks. Um, and um, so, yeah, so we, we uh, that month, the installation, we went to go take it down, and someone had vandalized the installation. Someone had spit, like, Coke all over it or something. Jesus, man. So then we wrote about it, and I have this kind of, like, one of the things that I kind of learned I had this weird superpower for press releases. There's this weird thing I never thought I 
you know, would be good at or whatever someone could be good at. But so I put together a press release and put it out. Uh, my girlfriend put it out, sent it to the weekly and everything, whatever. And uh, she just kind of went for broke with it. And we got a call from refinery. We got an email from refinery 29, which is a blog lifestyle blog. Right. Uh-huh. Kind of like Huffington Post or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they ran a story. And then the next morning, we got a, an email from the Pulitzer Prize winning lady, whatever, head writer for Huffington Post, right? Ariana Huffington. No, she's the owner, <laughs> but one of the, one of the head writers there. And uh, she wanted to write about it. And so they, uh, we sent them scans of the, of the cards that people wrote and sent them pictures and everything like that or whatever. And uh, they posted it the next day. And, man, it just went nuts took like, off it just took off like the shares and the notifications and like we were doing like uh, my girlfriend was doing all these local google searches and we would be like oh shit there's the article in fucking mandarin you know what i'm saying and this chinese tribute <laughs> that's pretty cool type thing you know what i'm saying and now it's in arabic and now it's in russian and now the you know whatever kind of like you know french gazettes or paris gazette or whatever Damn, ran it over there and shit and i was like Man, this is insane. This is absolutely crazy. That's like a dope and it's such a dope and humbling experience at the same time. I oh, totally. Because like. it, it's it's something that's like so much of being uh, an entrepreneur, being an artist or whatever is about getting opportunities and executing opportunities. And then the third part is being recognized for those things that you executed. Yeah. Right. So there's, like I said, there's so many different things that I've done here and there and blah, 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 blah. And people be like, oh, you're the banana man or you're the Lego man or you did this mural, you did mm-hmm. that one or whatever. And or they've seen little things that you've done or in a gallery or something like that. And they already like the stuff that you do. Yep. They just don't follow you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what's going on with you, your life. They know your name and they know you. they like you. They're aware you know of saying? you. But yeah. they have no investment in you as yep. of yet. Right. So then you're like. You do more of this and you do more of this and you do as much as you can or whatever. And then like two years later, like I have this still happen all the time. It'd be like, hey, did you have an art gallery in Artagon? Like, yeah, I did. It'd be like, oh, my God, I love your artwork. You're fucking amazing. You're like one of my favorites. And but they don't follow you on any Instagram or anything or whatever. But like you, they still like you. You know yep. what I'm saying? And then that's the perfect opportunity. It was like, hey, but you can you sign up and do this? And I'd love to keep in touch with you and stuff like that or whatever. And you try and like get them involved and get them invested in what it is you're doing. Exactly. But like you have that's that's the cool thing about like visual art is you have with music you kind of have to have a buzz, and with visual art you kind of have these calling cards, these business cards that you leave everywhere with these murals and stuff like that. Um, and then your job is really just to be connect the dots between like, hey, I'm the guy that did this, you know, like exactly. hey, I'm the guy that did that. And uh, damn man, yeah. That's a crazy fucking ride, my friend. It it is interesting because it's like they don't give you any manuals for that shit. Exactly. You know, like you just kind of like sometimes just in your room or in your studio late at night, like working on something, and then you're like, Oh shit, this is a life lesson. You know, like there's so many of those like business life lessons that I've learned that I just learned myself of like contract negotiation and stuff like that or whatever, like establishing value, raising your rates, things like that or whatever. No one ever told me. And I wish someone had pulled me aside and been like, hey, listen, you can fund your show when you get sponsors and you don't have to spend all your money and do stuff, you know, like like somebody to underwrite it for you. Exactly. You know, 
and you can find people who have like a similar shtick that you do or you have similar interest and like they would be might be interested if you spin it the right way and you provide a value to them or whatever like you can make a lot more happen and and things like that you know like i learned uh very uh i had uh a project that was being pitched to me and uh they were like how much do you think that you could do it for and i had like no i was like faking it still I was faking it till you make it kind of thing mm-hmm. you know like just bullshitting and in my mind i'm thinking like okay like i can probably do this for i don't know like 500 dollars or something like that or whatever and i was just like well you know like it's like anything you can spend a little more money and have it be really 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 nice or you can spend less money and just kind of like get by with it or you can go or you can go right down the middle and kind of like meet it so i say nothing right i'm not saying anything i'm just talking like vaguely or whatever and they're like yeah yeah no we would you know that's exactly what we're thinking you know like we had a budget of of five thousand dollars for this project and i'm like oh you know that's what i was thinking (laughs) that's what i was thinking you know what I'm saying? And in that situation, like, I was going to do that shit for $500. Yep. And then they're like, oh, man, it would be great if you did this for $5,000. And it really help us out. You and know? and <laughs> I'm, yeah, like, I'm making them look good and I'm getting way more. And all it is that I did was like, and, and this, like I said before, like, I, I waited. And instead of pushing, I just kind of like pulled and allowed it to come to me. Most you know? definitely. You got to do that. And, uh, you know, that's something that no one taught me. Like, no one told me that. But I felt like I understood so many different things about life when I experienced that. You know what I'm saying? That's and dope, was able man. to apply it into so many different fields from, you know, music, art, graphic design, branding, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Of just like, hey, like this is this is how grownups operate businesses. You know, this is how you are able to like pay your rent and pursue your passions and your businesses and stuff you know it's crazy all those life lessons that you've had because you've had a lot just from this conversation we've had that i could hear about you know they're all accumulated together to fucking make like super skip you know sure well i mean i really believe again going back to this nietzsche thing like i really dig the idea of the superman and i really dig the idea that essentially everything that we have going on in our lives are are a visual representation of our muscles, right? And the things, for the most part, I think the things that we're not good at are an atrophied or unused or undeveloped muscle. Yeah. Right, a part that you're not developing. Now, that might be something that you could spend 100 hours on that muscle and then figure out that you don't really like that muscle, you don't really like using that muscle, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, the more of these... The more that you say yes, and this this sounds total like uh, motivational speaker, but the more they say yes situations, or at least the more that you're like, even if it's like, I'm not failing in this situation. Like, I'm not giving up. Someone else is going to give up. I'm not going to give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fully 100% in. Like, I don't have any safety net. I don't have any backup. I don't have a relationship with my family. I don't have anyone with money or a, a couch that I can stay on. If I win, it's because of me. If it's, if I fail, I'm going to fail fucking hard. Yeah. And it's going to be because of me as well, too. You know, and um, the ability to like. To look at an opportunity to learn something new right. and to be excited about it. I think that's I think that's something that separates people. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk used to sell wine. You know what I'm saying? You guys know Gary V? 
I do not know. I, I'm pretty sure he's a motivational speaker now. He's well, I mean, he takes information. He takes information. Uh, he's, you know, a super entrepreneur or whatever. But, like, he takes the information and he creates free content to kind of share that information. But at the end of the day, like, he is a super entrepreneur. Really, really a very inspiring guy. But he started off by um, doing a YouTube show. Uh, where he was rating and reviewing wine, bottled wine and shit like that. Okay. And he built that and applied and applied or whatever and then invested into this and then got into this and then got into Facebook when it was first starting and invested in that and just made started making money, making money, making money and created a career around making money and investing in certain things and you know certain startups and knowing what was going on and being able to feel the temperature of things, whatever. So, um, shit, I was going to say something about Gary Vee and then reapply it. I forgot. I'm saying <laughs> what you're saying. A reminder, I'm still on three hours of sleep. So. It just yeah, comes man. down to an internalization that you realize inside yourself that I'm not good at this because I'm not good at this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's the internalization that a lot of people don't have is that they just blame it on somebody else or this guy cut me off or whatever the fuck. Sure. Anything in your whole day can be internalized. Yeah. You and know what and I'm saying? So when the like, dots start connecting and when you start kind of looking out and kind of seeing them connecting or you start inserting or pushing in situations in which you're like, oh, that's my dot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I was, I was just did dot number 17. There's 18, so no one's getting fucking 18 because I'm calling dibs on that right. motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, Word. Um, and, you know, like, uh, for example, like, so for the show, I had to learn cameras and film and doing all of that, and I, and I have uh, an amazing uh, uh, director of photography who helps me with the show and a lot of different things. His name is Alex Miner. Um, so... I'm learning all of this stuff, and then now someone's like, hey, I really like what you're doing. Can you do that for me? And then you have to charge them. And then you have to figure out how much to charge them. And then someone else asks you, and someone makes some comment of like, wow, you're really cheap. You're really like undercharging, or you're really blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, okay, I need to charge more. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, just did that to me today. Yes, I did. And... Uh, <laughs> And then you're like, get to a certain point in which you're like, wow, I'm, this is, I'm fucking making money off of this. You know, like I'm, I, I'm actually doing this and it's just like, this is pretty crazy. You know, it's gone from something like at first it was a, a challenge or it was a resource. I got into doing graphic design and illustration because I needed flyers for my music shows and I couldn't afford to have anybody else make me flyers. Yep. So I had to get photo, you know, a hack version of Photoshop teach myself how to make flyers. People were like, hey, I really like how you do flyers. Can you make flyers for me? And then because there was so many people wanted me to make flyers, I had to start charging for them and start charging more because I didn't have the time to keep doing it. It's just like exactly. builds and builds and builds and builds. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. Same thing like I did that with logos, you know, and it just, and it just continued to a point where I like being a clutch guy. You know, like it's kind of like, well, you know, if Skip can't do it, he's going to know who's going to be able to do it for yeah, you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You. Like, so people got call, a guy. call me up and hit me up and be like, hey, Skip, can you do this for me? And be like, hey, no, I really don't know uh, how to do that, but uh, I call this guy or I'll call him. So or you guys always talk in the 1930s. Uh, hey, oh, if you want to talk to me, I'm talking to this guy. That's, ah. my, that's my radio voice. <laughs> or here's another, uh, here's another amazing thing for all you potential entrepreneurs out there is someone calls you and they're like, hey, I have this thing. Can you do it for me? And you're like, hey, no, I can't do that specifically but i have a guy and then you call your guy and you're like hey i have this job how much 
Right. And they're like, I can do that for a hundred dollars. And you're like, call okay. Them back and and say then you 12 call million. And then you call the client and you're like, yo, I have that handled for you. It'll be two hundred dollars. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then you go back and they're like, Oh yeah, fuck yeah, thank you. And then you go back to your guy and I'm like, yo, I got you. You do project management, which I'm super good at, like directing and project management. And um, and then you make sure that that turns out dope. You deliver it to the client and you make $100 off of doing essentially nothing. Most definitely. You know what I'm and that's another one of those life lessons where yeah. it's like, yo, this is how like grownups work. the car dealerships work. I work with. <laughs> this is how grownups operate. You know what I'm saying? This is how real businesses operate. Exactly. Is how can I free up as much of my time to be finding new sources of money or new clients or new whatever revenue streams instead of bogging myself down, like pushing, you know, buttons one and four, one and zero, one and zero, one and zero over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like I I hate editing video. I fucking hate editing video. And when things change, when things grow to the point of having the show done and having more money going towards the show, you will not be editing. I will be hiring somebody (laughs) to edit my show. Absolutely. I'm calling it right now. I feel that. Um, but, man, do I love being able to um, to direct and to be able to see a situation and know how the pieces should come together in the puzzle. Like, I love interviewing people um, and being able to f- watch how if you ask a question in a certain way or you make them feel comfortable that they can open up and give really great answers. Most definitely. And then when you have your clutch guy, my my clutch guy is Alex, and like he's got all the dope gear and the dope angles and the dope lights and everything's looking super crispy, and like you know that something's happening right there in that situation. Like I'm being very good at my job, he's being very good at his job. Like we are doing a good thing, and our client is going to be happy. And the but the people that I'm working with. A lot of my clients that I'm doing this for, Maker, the Maker organization, I'm making uh, uh, filming documentaries for them, Downtown Arts District. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then some other people kind of in development with or whatever. Um, these are people that having a relationship with also benefits my right. career, yes. right? Yeah. Like, so. The, the commendations there. And the stronger that they are with their content and being able to engage with their audiences and and pass along value to people that they're working with, the better it is for me. The show, exactly. So I'm investing in the community, creating these uh, outside of the box type of ways, uh, methods of creating content, uh, original content for people who don't have marketing budgets. Uh, and then uh, kind of teaching them or showing them how to apply those methods on social media and then being able to help them grow their platforms so that when they're looking out for artists and doing, you know, uh, 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 people and the, the makers and artists in the community, that they have a stronger uh, presence and footing for being able to do that, you know? It's a start. Yeah. And Somewhere. that helps me yeah. in the community. And I'm also getting paid for it. So it's like... How many other ways can you fucking win in that situation? Exactly. You know, like it's win-win it's win for your everybody. cake and eating it too. You yep. know, fucking right, man. Uh, dude, we gotta let you get some sleep, bro. Word, I appreciate that. It's, uh, yeah. It's, How long uh, did we roll? It's uh, uh it's been four like four hours. It's been like two hours. <laughs> two hours, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's your longest? What's y'all's longest? Uh, I think it, talk. Sure. No, longest <laughs> is definitely like three, three and a half hours. Three, three and a half. Yeah, for I sure. Could, I think I could do that if my voice. 
like wasn't kind of fucked up from uh, if I had a little bit more sleep and the uh, I was gonna say I feel alcohol voice got a little fucked up last night. I was gonna say night. I feel bad. Like uh, you're on three hours of sleep. This man needs to go to sleep. It's all good. He's this is what I do. Chugging yerba mate. It's uh, <laughs> it's not like this is like this is the thing. So for when I talk, I like, I like to pretend that people out there, they're not really like, necessarily. We can talk about we can talk about my art next time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we can talk about music next time or whatever. When I have something to kind of like sell and shit, right? But I like talking to people because there's a lot of things that nobody told me when I was trying to figure this shit out. Most definitely. So if just like talking and like, yo, this worked for me or this is something that I tried or this is something that you makes get more me, input. Yeah, yeah. If if someone out there is like a, a trying to be an entrepreneur or trying to be self-employed or trying to be a musician or trying to be an artist or whatever, like... You know, that I think is valuable information. Most I definitely. think it's basically just not, you can't sleep. You have to hustle as hard as you fucking can. Sure. It's like what you're saying. Because this, this is what I chose to do. So I'm going exactly. to go home and edit some more video and, 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 and uh, you know, like. Do you have the keyboard with like the little like shortcuts on the keyboard? Not yet. I want to get, I want to get one of those because they're <laughs> slick. They look badass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got still leveling no, up. Still no leveling up. Oh, yeah. It's still. It, the know? amount of, the amount, the amount of information that I don't know. On Final Cut, like I, I is probably like yeah. twenty eighty. You know what I'm saying? Like um, sure, twenty I know and eighty I don't. But like you, know? you were saying, that that's the job that that guy has, and you have every job. Behind. Sure, so <laughs> most definitely. But well, there, yo, thank you guys so much for having me here tonight. Shout out your yeah, shit man. again. Okay, cool. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at C Skip S E E S K I P. I'm not on Twitter. Don't bother looking. Uh, and uh, then um. What else should I shout out? Jeez, I'm like kind of blanking. Oh, how Skip's, do you find that show? Oh, uh, Skip's Big Ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Skip's yes. Big Ideas. Uh, so you can find the pilot episode of my TV show. It's called Skip's Big Ideas. And if you go to uh, www.skipsbigideastv.com. So obviously the mistake that people make is Skip's. It's not skipsbigideas.com. It's skipsbigideastv.com. And you can find the pilot episode of the show there. And um, we are in development for the second, third, and fourth episodes, which will be full length, high production value. Hell yes. Uh, full narrative between it, great quality on everything. Hell yes. Um, and we're just. I right want to watch it just to see where it went from the guy is giving you just the. The stuff and like, all right. You know, it's, it's funny. You, if you look hard enough, you'll be able to tell because right, like, there's two yeah. different. I think yeah. the phone quality is actually a better quality than the actual uh, the, oh, the mirrorless camera, oh, uh, the, the DS, DLSR, uh, DSLR uh, camera that uh, that he was using. So yeah, it's interesting. But but man, for anyone out there who wants to make something, but they're like holding out because they don't have the right this or the highest quality of this or like whatever. It's like. Man, if you get out there and you just start applying yourself and start trying and start making mistakes, make tons, make as many mistakes as you can. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then also start learning from those mistakes yep. and like don't repeat your mistakes. Yep. Man, you'll be able to you'll be able to really start going somewhere with it. Fuck yeah, that's man. That's what it is. It's fucking up and then doing better next time. Exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. But thanks, everyone. I uh, hope to see you online. Please follow. I got episodes of the TV show. I got a new album, Cover the Earth, that I'm working on. Yeah. Everything is in development. It's not too exciting, but if you hit me up, I'll send you a free copy of my last album I put out uh, just for appreciation for watching this show. And uh, you can hit me up on the DMs, on the on the messenger, whatever, and I'll Fuck just send yeah, you man. an album. Uh, appreciate y'all listening to this. 
and uh, hope to keep up with you all in the future. Yeah, man, oh, most definitely. So much, oh, we're 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 gonna be around. I'm I'm not going to let you forget about us. I'll yes. bug you. I'll be I'll be bugging you in the back of your ear every now and again, sending messages. Word. Well, when I get into promotion mode, I get obnoxious. So <laughs> you guys are gonna have to find me. I think I'm gonna be sending y'all some here's, emails. Here's Fair my enough. Instagram post from November 12, 2017. Is your awesome. picture? Damn. <laughs> Yo, can I say real quick before we close? I appreciate you not putting any f- stupid fucking filters on up. No, no filter. No <laughs> that filter, is baby. that is like the absolute I hate worst that shit. shit man. When people fucking you, all you want when you put a mural up is people to share and post yeah, it and what stuff, it is, yeah. and then they put some crazy ass filter on it. <laughs> I love that, and it, that it doesn't represent your artwork at all. I love that it's like, like yo, it's a, thanks for nothing. It's a common disclaimer for photographers nowadays when they take photos no of people. Filter, yeah, no. they're telling okay, when you, if you post this shit to Instagram, do not put any fucking filters on this because I want my shit to be represented how it's supposed to be. It's rough, man. It's <sighs> it is first world problems to the to the to <laughs> the extent man, to the extreme but <laughs> to the max yo they put the iphone filters on my shit it's <laughs> like i'm fucking dying right now but no i mean but yeah thank you for that and thanks for the support and uh yeah hell yeah b-rock b-rock do your shout outs uh just saturday night i don't know what it is it's the art after dark thing i have no idea city arts factory i'm volunteering see you there you'll be there <laughs> hell yeah fucking right and I again would like to thank Skip for coming through, man. That was of, really cool. Thank man you. of many trades and wisdom. And honestly, we could if if it wasn't a, a school night yeah, and if you were Joe Rogan this shit. Yeah, if you weren't yeah, on three hours of sleep, hours. oh, we could definitely go to town for sure, for sure. Get some psychedelics out here. Hey, <laughs> we still should get weird. We still get weird. We still Frank have actually shows up. <laughs> we still have not done Shroomcast or Lcast. We could do it with Frank and one of these now. days. One <laughs> of these days, that'll definitely happen. But yeah, again, shout out to Skip. He's the uh, fucking man. Check so out his art. Check out his music. Support the man. And check out the upcoming motherfucking TV show, too, son. All kinds of shit. Skip's big ideas. Yeah, yeah. And you can find me personally on Instagram at Steez Trap. Or, excuse me, Instagram at The Steez Trap. And on Twitter at Steez Trap. With all that good shit aside, we are out of this bitch. Much peace and love, y'all.